Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to, for the first time in ages, a Tuesday Night Jaw roundtable recorded at the ACAST Studios in London on the Distraction Pieces Network. I am Jim. I am ostensibly your host. I don't even know what ostensibly means. I just it works in that sentence, though, doesn't it? I don't know what it means. Not it sure it does work in that sentence. No, no. Oh, just because you used to be a teacher. <laughs> um, Maths teacher. Maths teacher. <laughs> there was no numbers involved in that sentence. Um, I have guests. We're going to talk about NXT Takeover Houston um, slash War Games and uh, Survivor Series, which we've all finished watching roughly two minutes ago because this is very early on a Monday morning. Um, I will introduce my guests. Guest number one, he is the leader of the Distraction Pieces Network. Yeah. Um, we follow him like a cult, I think. Um, uh, it's Mr. Scroobius Pip. Best faction in podcasting. Yes. Oh, we All are time. a faction. We're a faction. <laughs> All time best podcasting faction. So you were nearly not here for this because yes. you're, you're presumably filming something. I'm, I'm shooting a film in France. Um, I travelled home yesterday. And went straight to my mate Stu's to catch up on, on Takeover, um, and then we watched in between Takeover and, and Survivor Series. We watched a little bit of of the recent Riptide event in Brighton, right. which was 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 good fun. And then Survivor Series, and then slept for mere moments before <laughs> coming here to do the podcast. <laughs> yes, that is yeah. And then back off to France um, in a day or two. Nice, yeah, good fun, good times. Presumably, whatever you're filming, you are not doing in French. No, no, it's really weird because it's it's made by a French team. It's funded by French people, but it's all set in London. But because the team are all French, it's easier to shoot it in France. Easier and cheaper, yeah, to shoot it in France. Even I guess though so London is here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have helped me, or easier for them. N- not easy for me. Hundred percent <laughs> not easy for me. Um, but surprisingly easy. Has just jumped on the Eurostar and it's like, all right. It's just it's quicker to get to Paris than it is to Manchester. I went to didn't think about that. I went, <laughs> kind of weird. I went to Belgium to do um, a gig the other week, yeah. and it took me an hour and fifty-two minutes to yeah. get from London to Belgium. Yeah, um, when you consider that to get a train from uh, my nearest train station, Chester, to London is two hours and twenty. Yeah, it's stupid. mad, isn't it? Stupid. We go to different countries and everything. Disgusting. So I just I shouldn't have mentioned that as there'll be now demand for progress events all around Europe because it's as easy as getting to Manchester bring it on um, 
They won't listen anyway. <laughs> What's not commonly known is that you can't take a van full of merchant equipment on the Eurostar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you not? No, we um when we did that show in Cologne. Hello, by the way. Um, I'll we, intro you in a minute. You right. can be anonymous until this point. Keep talking. Uh, Who could we, it be? <laughs> <laughs> when we did that show in Cologne, I drove a van with uh, the camera crew and one wrestler um, from London to Cologne and back. Who was the wrestler? Mike Bird. Nice. And uh, it took a long time. We <laughs> went on the on the Eurotunnel freight service because they wouldn't let us take a van on the on the passenger service. That's oh. interesting because we've got away with it a few times, but when we've got search, we've had to claim it's promotional material. Right. See, I I called them again, rather right? than drugs. Like six <laughs> boxes of merch. This is all to drugs. give away. We're just charitable. We're driving to Europe to throw t-shirts at people. No wrestler has ever done that when travelling to America. <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the reason that we had to go on the freight because right. we said they asked you what's in the van. And right. like, oh, it's merchandise and equipment. And she's like, are you selling it? It's like, yes. Then you've got to go freight. So we ended up on this uh, Eurotunnel freight service. It's yeah. crazy. It's it took a long right? time. It yeah. took like 11 hours to get there. Oh, wow. 13? No, 13 to get there, 11 to get back. It's because you made a mistake, mate. You meant to drive onto a train and then go through the tunnel. You drove through the tunnel by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> what? It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like that's how long it would take. I anyway, that's guest two. That's that's my my business partner, John Briley, um, who, I mean, conservatively has 27 different types of drugs in front of him to yeah. get him through this Um or legal, yeah, allegedly. promotional drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, John messaged me. I asked John to do this last week. John messaged me the other day and said, oh, "I've lost my voice a little bit. I don't know if I'm going to do it." And then a couple of days later, was like, "No, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely doing it. I'll just be, I'll just be a bit huskier than normal." Now, regular listeners to Tuesday Night Joel will note that that John's voice um, has been rated as incredibly relaxing slash sexy by many people. Yeah, um, mainly because I think they're probably just, if you watch progress, you're sick of hearing my voice and you very rarely hear John's. So um, you're even sexier than normal today. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Um, and he's, bought, he's bought notes as well, written on a piece of paper. Written on a piece of paper that I note he stole from one of the meeting rooms we used to book progress shows. The one in Liverpool, yeah. The one in Liverpool, yeah, which... Are you still working your way through biscuits and tea and coffee that you stole from there? Um, the biscuits have all gone. Right, but the tea and coffee still remains. I, I keep the sachets for when I run out of coffee. Nice. Honestly, because you, you do, I don't know how much we pay for the meeting room for for like a day. Enough to justify taking the biscuits yeah. and coffee. But honestly, like he brings a separate bag and he's just sweeping whole <laughs> tables <laughs> full of stuff, <coughs> full of stuff into his bag as he leaves. Brings nothing else with him. Full of promotional tea and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Promotional, socially acceptable drugs. <laughs> yeah. um, our final guest um, is a wrestler who last night did a wrestle and has a fairly interesting story about how he's ended up here. It's true. At Eleven o'clock in the morning. It's it's Eddie Dennis. Um, hello, Eddie. Hi, what's occurring? Do you want to hear the story now? Yeah. So, so bear in mind, we, normally we'd record this on when we did roundtables in the past. It'd be in a Tuesday afternoon to enable me to get from the would north. Would have been much more convenient. <laughs> But because um, yep. because I've got a super busy week with my family, I needed to get it done today. And uh, I asked ACAST, I went, when can we have the studio? And they were like, in the morning. I was like, okay, that's difficult. So I've stayed in the hotel. Um, I stayed in ho- You've explained you, yep. you your trials and tribulations yeah, yeah. watching the show. Um, John lives in London, so probably presumably not as stressful for John. Um, 
from my point of view, I booked myself into a hotel in London last night around the corner from Acast so I could watch the show um, before, uh, watch the show and not have to get up at f- immediately after the show finished yeah. and drive it. So I thought I was pretty smart about it. Um, and then I asked Eddie to do the show and he, he was desperately wanted to come and do it. However, um, not that easy. Things it? went awry is what happened, Jim. <laughs> Things went severely awry yesterday evening. <laughs> So um, I wrestled on the Attack Pro Show in Cardiff last night, um, which was real good. Uh, we always do them before the big four shows, and then uh, the pay-per-view runs afterwards. Uh, so we normally do it in Walkabout. We stay in the same venue for the after show. We didn't do Walkabout this time, so we did a different venue. So the after party was in a bar called Shooters, which I would implore every listener to never visit <laughs> when they go to Cardiff for reasons I will go on to explain <laughs> um, uh, I wrestled uh, Mark Davis of Aussie Open it was good fun uh, we had like a clash of heads early in the match um, which led to a cut on my chin I didn't think much of it but it wouldn't stop bleeding so uh, we nipped uh, Chuck Mambo kindly drove me to A&E um, and we first of all so we were in A&E during the start of Survivor Series and I was real distressed wanting to because uh, I wanted to watch the show you know because I told him that I'd watch the show but th- it turns out that there's Wi-Fi in the A&E Fantastic. in Cardiff University Hospital. So that was terrific. So um, we got to use the Wi-Fi on my mobile phone to watch Survivor Series, which means that for like, we'll, we'll talk about the show, but I, I thought the first match was terrible because I didn't have any sound. Wrestling without sound sometimes is really <laughs> bad. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really exposing, you know, and the sound kind of covers things up. Um, so it didn't have any sound. So we watched it on my mobile phone. Uh, ended up getting out. Uh, A and E was great. They stitched me up. Ended up getting out and getting the uh, getting driven to 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 the shooters bar. So like, oh great, we'll watch uh, Brock and AJ, and we'll watch the big the big five man in the bar with everyone. Get a couple of drinks, good fun. We get to the bar at like half past two, and the guy won't let us in. He's like, oh, um, licensing laws. I can't let anyone in after one o'clock. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, it's it's three o'clock in the morning you've got a hundred people in your bar yeah. who all came to watch me wrestle this evening yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, the yeah. fact that we've put on a show is the only reason yeah. you have a full bar of people tonight and and i just went to get stitched like i just went to the hospital because i was wrestling because i was trying to entertain the people who are here for you now um but they wouldn't let us in so we still couldn't watch the show so we went back to jim lee the ring announcer for attacks hotel room in cardiff and watch a show and by this point i'm 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 conscious of the fact that my mega bus is at 4 30 a.m so so i've really got to try and get through this pay-per-view pretty quick sharpish so i can get my uh get my get my mega bus we did get through it in the travel lodge and then i walked to the uh the bus stop and hopped on a bus and had a sleep on the mega bus and then who'd have known it wi-fi on mega bus is good enough to stream the WWE Network, so I could have just not worried about it. And just <laughs> yeah, watched, you could just, just watch it on the yeah. bus. I had four hours to kill. Yeah, <laughs> and I just sat there and watched it on the bus. Everyone else on the bus going, "Why can I not get my emails?" <laughs> yeah, someone's yeah. tying up all the, the guy at the back is using up all the bandwidth. Yeah, so then I got, I got here. So I haven't had really much of a sleep, but I have watched most of the show. <laughs> Saves one or two matches. And we'll cover for you when you haven't watched them. Thanks. It's not a problem. I apologise for the coughing, listeners. It's all right, mate. It's fine. So um, we're going to do 
we're going to do Takeover first, then Survivor Series. Um, before we we get into both of them, I'm going to ask you all a question um, that requires some thought. Um, and I saw my friend Merlin um, on Twitter today tweeted, uh, it was yesterday actually, tweeted this question about choosing your ideal Survivor Series team, right? Your ideal five-person Survivor Series team can be using any wrestlers ever, ever, ever. Um, two main eventers, one mid-carder, and a tag team in a Survivor Series team. Who would we all choose in our ideal Survivor Series team? Oh, well, I've sprung this on you because then I want the most natural responses. So, yeah. um, anyone want to volunteer to go first? I've not thought um, about that I'll, one at all. I'll so. jump in and go. I've not thought of it yet, but I'll go completely. I'll just work through, as you said, yeah. and go through my instant reaction. My instant reaction on tag team was a Legion of Doom because nice. they're just they they're they're just a great looking a Survivor Series team, aren't they? Yeah, just look beastly. And my instant first reaction of, of main event was Shawn Michaels nice. so I'd have Legion of Doom and Shawn Michaels and then I reckon I'd go uh, I've been watching a back a lot of Flair recently and I know obviously I've always known Flair's great but he's just in my mind a lot at the moment so I'd add Flair so, so, so I need one more need I need a mid-carder mid unless you're using like early 90s Shawn Michaels then he can count as your mid-carder oh, yeah, nice. a good shout man. Hey. Um, no, I'll, I'll keep him. I'll keep him as my as my main event because I wouldn't want um, to be without. Um, <laughs> you see, one of the games that we were playing last night was was watching was trying to list every profession that has been used in wrestling. Yeah. So now I've just got countless people there, and the one that we couldn't decide quite what his profession was, so I'm going to go for him. It's just. Coco Beware, just 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 man that owns a parrot was 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 his profession. So I'm I'm going to sling Coco Beware in there. Parrot fancier, yeah, have yeah, you, parrot fancier. Have you ever been on holiday, like, and there's just people wandering up and down the beach just with an animal, like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. Photo taker with my animal, yeah, that yeah. essentially was Coco Beware's yeah. job. Um, Coco Beware, incidentally, was a, was a really good heel in Memphis. Really, like he's well because everyone remembers him as being, yeah, um, having the best named finisher in WWF at the time in the late eighties, which was the Ghostbuster Suplex. Amazing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just brilliant. a brilliant name. It's just a brainbuster. Um, but um, but yeah, like um, he was just kind of very, especially when he was in the tag team with Owen Hart, he was kind of just. Just happy, smiley baby yeah, face. Yeah. But he was a really, really good heel in the mid eighties. He was like feuding with people like Jerry Lawler. And you go back and watch that and go, Is this the same is this the same dude? It's yeah. like watching people in WWF compared to when they're in Stampede or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts. Good, I good choice. It. So that was complete just stream of consciousness, no consideration <laughs> put into it, but I like it. I'll stand right. by it. Coco cool. Beware being eliminated after twenty seconds. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You yeah, need that. Course. Um either of you chaps want to go next? Bullet Club. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. There's, There's a man conserving his voice. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> There's more than five members. So yeah, which five? Cody, five Kenny, five. Marty, and the Young Bucks. Nice, lovely. Whizzed right lovely. through that, didn't he? Mm. That. Straight in. Um, also, I'd like to think that me and Eddie can't use anyone that's already been used now. Um, oh, is that right? Yeah. So, sorry. Damn. I wasn't going to go with the Bullet Club. Jeez. <laughs> but the oh, Legion of Doom on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will go with. Uh, my two favourite childhood wrestlers Sting and the Ultimate Warrior nice. so like early 90s Sting with his bleach blonde hair mm -hmm. uh, and Ultimate Warrior circa Wrestlemania 6 um, and then I'm going to bend the rules slightly because I would have gone 
Legion of Doom mm. and then a mid carder with face paint because I like the aesthetic of them all having <laughs> face paint. <laughs> <laughs> I love Come it. on, powers of pain. <laughs> but um, but but instead, what I'll do is I'll forego my mid carder and stick demolitioning of them all three of them. Nice. Oh, nice. nice. That way they've all got face paint. You see, I, I quite which is my main requirement. <laughs> 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 I, I, I quite enjoy when there's a team like that and they have the one that didn't have face paint and he has to put on face paint to oh, fit in in the oh, phone. That's that always a fun good. thing to have that one that's like, I'm, I'm, I'm dressed up today. It's great. I'm part of the gang. I love <laughs> like it. Like Roderick Strong. Yeah, exactly like Roderick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Roderick. Like, oh, look. You've all been to the same military surplus store. Good work, guys. Uh, when and we'll get to it, but when he walked out, I imagined under that mask him just beaming. Just <laughs> look at the outfit. <laughs> Actually, that is knowing Roddy. That is probably exactly what we was doing. <laughs> He's a very happy man. Um, so mine, uh, I can't use anyone that anyone's used so far. I would have uh, Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Great choice. You'd win that way too. Yeah. <laughs> no one's winning ever. I would have Brock Lesnar, um, Triple H, early 1990s Cactus Jack, when he was still a mid-carder. Nice. Um, and uh, the tag team I would have would be Vader and Stan Hansen. Ooh. Wow, <laughs> that's a team no one would want. Ouch! Rest, isn't it? Yeah, it's just the team is just called Ouch. <laughs> um, there's mine. Uh, let us know what, what yours is. Uh, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw at Jim Smallman's. Um, just, uh, just while we're on that 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 subject of teams, um, and we'll get into Survivor Series a lot because I know both of us are big for, or all of us, I'm sure, are big fans of the Survivor Series style Survivor match, Series. which it was nice. There was two this time, but I slightly, I was watching the, the two hour pre-show and just at the beginning of it Pete Dunne posted a picture of him and Trent and and, and Tyler um, and Wolfgang and um, Mark on, on, on the ramp and I just thought why didn't the pre-show have a few small sm- small Survivor Series matches it's the fact that there was five of them stood there and I was like well there's a Survivor Series team there Yeah, we could have had a pre-show of them against a, a, 205. a 205 Live yeah. that's exactly what I thought a, t- a 205 Live one and it's like that would have been lovely. It's all good, but if it's a one-hour pre-show, I understand that. But when it is a two-hour one, you're like, <coughs> they're literally there. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you could have told them an hour before, and they, they're they good enough to have put a match together in like that brief time. But yeah. What match did they put on the pre-show? Uh, they were There were three matches on the pre-show. There was um, uh, Elias against Matt Hardy. There was uh, Callisto against uh, Enzo, Enzo. Amore. Oh, and there was... Uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against Breezango slash Febreze, um, <laughs> the better name. Um, uh, it was a good pre-show, actually. I, yeah, I mean, I find the pre-show is odd because I, I, I tend to watch them normally after I've watched the actual pay-per-view. But last night I actually watched it live. Yeah, and it was it was only I was looking through Twitter. I was sat in a hotel room with no windows, um, <laughs> and I've been there writing all day. And I was like going a bit mad. I'd w- already watched Takeover, and I was going a bit mad, and. I was looking through Twitter and people were saying, "All oh, right, so the pre-show's starting now at ten o'clock." Yeah, I was like, oh, "I should probably, oh, I should probably get this show on the road and then put in rest of them after having a break of about an hour." Um, my plan was to have a nap in between travelling from France and going around my mates and watching the rest, of it. and then I saw the pre-show was at ten. I was like, "Well, we need to get NXT in." I'll 
I want to watch a bit of Ripto. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll come over now. So I went over like five, and we just started then. And yeah, it was, it was eleven hours of wrestling. It was good. So it was great fun. I, I yeah, there was a point yesterday where I was thinking, I've got to watch all this wrestling. <coughs> I'm going to be sick of wrestling by the end of it. Nope, wasn't. I've 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 been in a town in France though that's not got great Wi-Fi, and the, the, this little village it hasn't even got a shop. You make it sound like it's the sort of place uh, a bit like Footloose that's banned dancing. It, it, it is that kind of. <laughs> place the guy in the hotel he does our dinner every night and literally we just our dinner every night is what he decides is our dinner every night there's not a menu it's just are you coming down for dinner it's like yep here you go here's your dinner so do you have any dietary requirements because I, I, I don't care yeah yeah I, <laughs> I couldn't have had too much wrestling at that point I've, been, I've not been able to watch anything all this week in the build-up to it so yeah i was like all right let's start at five then let's what that's making going. me think is how did they manage to dress this village up like London? No, no, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the weird thing. We're shooting an hour away from the, the it's village. It's got to be an Angus Steakhouse in the background. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's truly unusual. Anyone ever eaten at an Angus Steakhouse? I have once. What was it like? Shit. <laughs> Damning indictment. Yeah, I'm take, be hearing from the people take from that, Angus. Angus. <laughs> well, I hope they're not one of ACAS sponsors this week. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be hearing from Angus. No anymore. <laughs> right then so to take over um, which was let's be honest really really good um, it's it? spoilers it's dead good. Um, really good it's a really good show with but I don't think there's ever been a bad takeover no. <laughs> so no. like they're in that I suppose they've got that unfortunate thing now of everything if they ever have a show that's just fairly good mm. it's good people are gonna be like what's happened because every takeover is is always really yeah. really really strong um there's something i quite enjoy about only having five matches yeah and it being a couple of hours long as well it's quite it's quite nice it makes every match seem important yeah i completely yeah, agree well done reasonable man um so i order it in order um uh, first match lars sullivan cassius ono um which was all about like so, we've seen a lot of Lars Sullivan this year because we've seen a lot of NXT shows this we year. We have, yes. And um, I, he's first of all, he's such a nice bloke. Like just, just to let you be on the curtain, just slightly, he's one of the nicest mm. human beings walking the face of the earth. It's intelligent, a gentleman as uh, yeah. as well, right? I've seen a few bits of he's very articulate and all that. It's kind of I don't want him to be. Well, so <laughs> I want him to just be a big idiot. That's that's kind of he's he's really smart. He's really really polite. He's very um. Talking to him is like talking to Timothy Thatcher. Um, yes. Um, yeah. So if you've ever met Timothy Thatcher at, at the Merch Stand at Progress or any other indie show... You haven't met Timothy Thatcher at the Merch Stand. You haven't, because <laughs> he doesn't really do it. But Timothy Thatcher, when you see him, it's like... He, he's a terrifyingly hard man. Yeah. But when you meet him, he's like, Hello, sir, how are you? And he's just really nice. Brilliant. Brilliant. He's so nice. Um, like when we did Alexandra Palace, he just stood in the same place pre-show. <laughs> While we were working everything out, he stood in the same place for three hours and didn't move. Just said hello to people. You could have put a GoPro on his head and done one of those time-lapse <laughs> things in the setup. He just doesn't move. And, and Lars Sullivan is, is, is a very similar kind of guy. And he's someone who wanted to be a wrestler for years and, and was involved in, um, in in various sort of weightlifting things and stuff like that. And then one day he just went... Because I don't think he's, he's not the youngest of, of relatively new wrestlers. No. Um, but works really hard and we watched him wrestle um only Lorcan quite a lot this year yeah. and he just murders only yeah <laughs> um, and it's brilliant to watch because every time he wrestled only he got he got a little bit better a little bit better a little bit better and i think what they've done with lars is i remember 
everyone remembers Baron Corbin's push in NXT. Yeah. And <coughs> fans went from being really, really excited about this bloke who had this amazing move, looked brilliant, had this amazing move, and then all of a sudden they turned over and just went, no, we don't like you now because yeah. you're winning matches in 10 seconds and we don't like it. Um, when what they seem to be doing with Lars is just gradually giving him slightly, and this match is only five minutes long, yeah. but they've been giving him longer and longer and longer and longer and giving him better opponents. And yeah, he's still massively dominated Cassius Ono, but Ono looked decent. Ono, you know, no one looked bad coming out of this. It wasn't just a squash. Yeah. And I think it, the the longer the matches go, Lars still looks good in them. He doesn't look out of place. Yeah. He doesn't look like he doesn't know what he's doing. He looks, he looks, he looks great. And yeah. I, I, I see only he, the thing I really like about him is he looks like, um, he looks like an old school heel character from the nineteen fifties. Yeah. In the He's just this big barrel-chested monster. He looks like someone like Killer Kowalski. Yeah, yeah. Completely. And and I, I really, I kind of, I like that old-school sort of mentality. I like this a lot as a matchup because Ono feels like someone who, at the moment, they haven't particularly got a big storyline behind him or anything big. But he's he's a big name and a very respected name. So that felt like a great natural progression mm. for Lars as, yeah. as Sullivan as a step up of like, right, we we're not going to damage Ono. At the moment, to 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 have him a, yeah. a loser battle here, but it's it's yeah, it's a good step, and yeah, I thought that was a perfect a perfect choice. It was yeah. good for Orno too because <clears throat> he wrestles like a like a traditional babyface on NXT really, so he like gets beaten down and stuff. Yeah, and sometimes it looks a little bit awkward because he's so much bigger. Yeah, than yeah. a lot of the heels that he wrestles on NXT. So he gets like beaten down, and then every time he hits him, he looks like nerdism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his strikes are so good. And then you're left thinking like, ah, I really buy that you'd get beaten up by this dude because every time you hit him, you look like you're you're killing him. And yeah. You're way bigger than him. Do you know what I mean? So Lars is such a big man that when he put put a beat down on on Ono, Ono could actually sell for him, and yeah. and it looked good. Like, and there was sympathy for Ono when he came back and ran his big flurry of strikes at the end. And also, all those strikes look great. No yeah. one, Every no, no one does one. strike sequences like no, he's the best. I mean, to be fair as well. I mean, Lars was laying in the strikes, and it, it it was it was very it was almost Japanese in places watching it. Yeah. We were just like, all right, cool, we're just gonna kill each other. Yeah, awesome, great. I'm fine with that. Um, but Lars was super strong. Actually. Yeah, was that obviously, <coughs> the, obviously the purpose of the match? I yeah, I think um, I think Lars has probably got has, has probably got quite. I mean, I'm always aware. You know, when you notice notice someone's knee brace. Yeah, like he's wears the biggest knee it's brace. It's heavy, right? Mm. I think I've ever like it's it's Austin in the very late nineties, early noughties level of massive knee yeah. brace. Yeah, um, uh, and I, I don't know if that's something that could potentially be a problem going forward. But we discussed it a, a lot last night and came up with the the theory that that's how he gets his powers. If he took his knee brace <laughs> off, his knee would get huge, and the rest of him would shrink down. But the, the, but covering that is sending that just huge, wow, gigantic swollenness all, all through his body. Did Austin and get his powers from the knee yep, braces? Yeah, that's a fact. This <laughs> <laughs> is all. Get, where can we get these knee braces from? <laughs> so you have to go. You have to recharge them. Yeah. In the back before <laughs> yeah, you go out to yeah, wrestle. Yeah. So knee brace <laughs> shopping list. <laughs> the, um, the comparison with Aaron Corbin is quite interesting, I think, because. Like I thought that Lars actually took quite a lot of offence yeah. in this match, yeah. which is something that Corbin never did yeah. early on in his when when they introduced him. Um, I think that's quite a, clearly a lesson has been learnt there, and to have Lars take quite a lot of offence at this stage and show that 
he can take it as well. Yeah. I think probably makes him even more credible. Yeah. Going forward when he gets into longer matches and better opponents and not that there's anything wrong with Ono obviously, yeah. but um that's interesting to see that the, the writers and the creative Completely. learning from that from yeah, a couple of years ago. Because you can look like a monster and a beast without just squashing people in, yeah. in many ways you look even more so if you've right. taken a beating and then you just hit your finisher and it's over yeah. that just shows even more that even if you're on the back foot you just need w- one shot and they're done that 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 made him look even stronger in many ways that this, this was a back and forth match and then it was just over it was just done that's it putting him in there with uh Orno as well like the <clears throat> the NXT audience will like it as a as a match yeah because he uh Ono's offense looks so good. Yeah. Even if something nothing really did, but even if something had gone a little bit awry or something, yeah. The second he hits his first big strike, they'll they'll be right back into it because the second he hits 100%. the first like the first big boot or the first elbow, yeah, everyone will be invested again because it just it, it gets the whole room unglued every time he strikes someone. Yeah, completely. Yeah. It's um. Uh, I kind I was looking forward to that match partly because I really like Ono. As, as regular regular fans of Progress will be aware, he's one of my favourite wrestlers in the world, and has been for years. Um, but also, again, I just think I, I, I'm interested to see what they've learned with how to push a monster because pushing a monster now is different. If uh, we'll get to Braun Strowman later on, but mm-hmm. how they've how they've done things with Braun Strowman, there's no there's no resentment over his push. No. In the same way that there has been resentment over Roman Reigns' push, yeah, interesting that, isn't it? And and you know, he, if anything, Braun Strowman's been pushed even quicker, yeah. than Roman Reigns was. But Strowman's push has been at the cost of 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 of, of, of municipal v- of vehicles rather than rather than any people. So <laughs> it's been a defeating a, 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 a garbage van, uh, an ambulance, you know, just all sorts of different things. That's and that's a great one to get over. Committing a me- attempted murder, yeah, repeatedly. repeatedly. Yeah. As the uh, as Progress's budget man, I'd be interested to know what the what the uh, the cost benefit sort of uh, ratio would be for pushing someone using vehicles that cannot be saved yeah. versus wages of a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. which is more efficient? Yeah, yeah. Good God! Um, <laughs> and let's just make sure that John never gets that information. Just, yeah. just for fear, for fear of what could happen the in next progress. progress show is just wrestlers <laughs> versus yeah. cars. <laughs> a, a wrestler f- flipping a second-hand Skoda. <laughs> Got a really good deal on this. It's just <laughs> bought this Astra for fifty quid. I do what I want with it. Oh God! I did buy a car for fifty quid once. Did you? Mm. How long did it last? A couple of years. Really? Yeah. Did you never drive it? No, I drove it every day. What was it? Ford Fiesta. I can't imagine you owning a car. Why? Because you've never owned a car in all the time I've known you. Because you live in London and there's no point. Yeah, fair. Yeah. I, I sold a, um, a, a Fiesta, I think it was. Was it to 50 to a, quid? It was only like 100 quid, 150, but it was to a, a kid I worked with in a record store. And I got a phone call from him at, at one o'clock saying... So I've put it in first gear, and what do I do now? Bring the clutch up. It turns out he couldn't drive, and he just he'd bought it. And was was learning to drive it at one o'clock in his his local area. It was just ringing me, going, "I lift up the clutch, and it just stops." And I'm like, "Well, you need yeah, you need to give it a bit of get." And then I was like, 
don't ring me. <laughs> so I started giving over the phone driverless. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> that wasn't part of the deal. It's not like it's a not car, like buying a, a MacBook for over the phone. It's not like buying a MacBook. You can't visit a genius yeah. every time something goes wrong. Yeah, it's outrageous. Oh, um, what's the what's the, what's the cheapest car we've all ever bought? If we, you do fifty quid, yeah, I can't be that. I I bought a car for four hundred quid when I was a teenager. Yeah, um, didn't last long. Mm. Cheapest car you've ever bought? I bought one for about. 100 quid and the one after that was about 150 quid I was just cheap cars for years originally I was like just buy cheap cars until they die yep. I had a Daihatsu Domino which was <laughs> um, I rung up to get it insured and the motor it had a, a half a litre engine um, and <laughs> I, yep, half a litre half a litre engine and I rang them up to I was, I was like yeah um, it's it's half a litre and like, oh uh, it's uh, they said oh a litre and a half and I was like no no 500 500cc and they're like oh it's a, it's a bike I'm like no it's a car um, <laughs> five, 500 um, and yeah I had to get that insured and the one I had after that I don't know what the roof was made out of but you could push your finger through it <laughs> and we found it like everyone I worked with just claimed it was made out of paper or cardboard because you could kind of just if you you thumbed a little bit you could just push your finger through the roof my god so yeah oh, I've had some great cars did you, yeah, buy, did you buy a convertible <laughs> no no it wasn't it ended up as a convertible <laughs> <laughs> because a board of just pick, for, pick holes in the roof oh. <laughs> <laughs> air punching yeah. music <laughs> yeah yeah. I, I sold through. it as a convertible <laughs> um, do you drive any? I don't drive never have drive never bought a car so zero pounds <laughs> I win fair <laughs> 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 uh, play good arguments good work guys um Next up is a match that John Briley's written an essay about um, uh-huh. already. Um, Brilliant. It's uh, Alistair Black versus Velveteen Dream, which, um, according to people who tweeted me about it last night, is many people's match of the year. Um, it's not mine, it's, but it's about second. It's either second or third, because yeah. another match on this show might also be second or third, yeah. um, after Pete Dunn, Tyler Bates, in uh, TakeOver Chicago. Um, so... So I had people messaging me saying, oh, I didn't expect that to be really good, and it was really good. Now, on one hand, one person in this match is one of my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I always expect his matches to be good because I know how seriously Mr. Black takes wrestling um, very, very seriously and um, doesn't tend to have many bad matches. Um, also, I know it was going to be good because, again, having been to a lot of NXT house shows in particular this year, um, ranging from really small ones in Florida in front of 200, 300 people to ones in, in this country and ones on the East Coast of America. Um, Velveteen Dream is really, 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 <coughs> really good. Yeah. Um, and is potentially the second coming of Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Like, that good. Yeah. He's amazing. But um, the, the, that's what I'd, I'd read someone say that he's got... That it was someone like Meltzer or someone who's who's often up and down mm. on, on, on WWE... Products are saying exactly that, and it made me pay him a lot more attention because I'd started to watch him and been a bit. I'm not sure. I'm. I mean, I'm a massive a Prince fan, and there's a lot of mm. dodgy Prince reference and things like that. I was like, uh, and then as soon as I heard that, I started paying attention. And yeah, I absolutely adored this match and the build, everything. So the build was great. Um, the it was interesting because the ma- how the match came off. Um, that was in dream was pretty much the baby face for quite a lot of it because the crowd had just gone no we like him yeah um we know he acts like a bit of a dick but we like him now yeah so um and i, I think 
making something as simple as one wrestler refusing to acknowledge the other because he doesn't think he's worthy yeah um into a storyline that lasts several weeks and then the biggest point of of a great match like that was yeah. was was just awesome um and i think that it's great character development for for someone like velveteen dream because he could you could imagine him as a babyface you can imagine him as a heel he, he his the arrogance and stuff like that and mm-hmm. his, his persona suits him being a heel but wrestling's not what wrestling was 20 years ago so he can he can be a babyface and be arrogant it's perfectly yeah. acceptable yeah. you know it's easy to do um but I think the character development for Alistair Black is really cool as well because for someone who doesn't speak very often and the whole um, the whole point of his gimmick is that he doesn't really say anything and kicks your head off mm. for him to, to his character to grow in this with him not even speaking <laughs> yeah, is, is is just it, everything about it is really really cool um, and the, the other thing that people were tweeting me about it was oh, I hope it doesn't end I don't think it will I can if it's done right you can see them coming back to this like they'll probably go off to do different things now but then they could come back to it again yeah. and they could go back and it could end up being a rivalry akin to someone like uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's rivalry that they have for years yeah. because the chemistry that they've got in the ring together is absolutely is yeah. awesome um, I messaged Alistair Black just to say that was that was well good wasn't it and he went oh thank you thank you very much and then and then told me he was playing Skyrim on his his Nintendo Switch, <laughs> um, uh, which made me realise that knowing how addicted he is to Skyrim, that's probably all he did all weekend. He yeah. probably didn't even plan a, that, a match yeah. that good. Um, uh, so so yeah. So what's what's in your essay, boss? Oh right. So uh, I like you say with wrestling that um, you get out of it what you bring to it, mm-hmm. right? So for me, giant foam fingers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I often go. I go home from wrestling shows with a massive sigh. Yeah. Uh, so I, this, this was a story about I think about growing up and uh, trying to earn the respect of not exactly like a father figure, but not quite like a bigger brother, little brother thing either. Well, because they did keep bringing that up on commentary that that ah, it's just so hard not to call him Tommy, but. Um, that Alistair Black um, has got 12, 13 years experience <laughs> yeah. and Velveteen Dream is 22 years old and has been wrestling for three years that's yes. incredible absolutely that's um, incredible considering how good it was they made a point in the hype video of repeating the line a couple of times that uh, it was Alistair Black saying you do not acknowledge a child that's throwing a tantrum yeah. or I will not acknowledge a child that's yeah. throwing a tantrum for attention so that's going into the match that phrase was sorry Right. John's meant to be getting up now. <laughs> that that phrase was in my head. Um, so yeah, there was that dynamic to it. I thought that the the opening to the match, where the commentators were putting over that they were surprised that it wasn't a strike battle, mm-hmm. yeah. and because that's obviously what Black does. But when he was just t- kind of tying him up, he just uh, out wrestled him, didn't he? Just yeah, well, but I I I really felt it was almost like a like a mother dog sort of trying to control a pup yeah just by controlling controlling the child without actually hurting them mm-hmm. just like i'm in charge here yeah you've gone deep with this man. this is yeah. that is deep isn't it <laughs> this is like this it is yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you want to know why progress is the way it is yeah. this is why yeah um, so so that, I, I took i took that from it that black was basically just trying to impose his or authority 
in a in a parental kind of way without being the, the father figure um i think that the two characters are much more similar than than people might actually think it look they look like they're opposites mm. but actually like alistair black is an outsider mm-hmm. but he's just decided what his path is and and velveteen is an outsider as well looking for recognition in the way that he presents it. They're on the, they're on the same curve, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. When's your book coming out? About <laughs> <laughs> I did, about this I, I'm starting I, to realise why you liked it so much now. <laughs> I d- yeah, I did say that I had an awful lot to say about this. Yeah. Um, it's all good, but it is all good stuff. And I, I've known you for a long time. I know this is often how you think about wrestling. Well, um, not this, quite often I don't think about wrestling like this. This is like, this. I, I just watch this on, a, I think, on a completely different level to, to how I watch most yeah. Wrestling. And I don't know if it was that, whether it was that trigger fr- uh, phrase in the hype video yeah. of I'm I mean, really Could child. it maybe be all the cold and flu medication you're on? <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> it's, enti- it's entirely possible. Um, I, I thought, mean, there wasn't even a, a unicorn in this match. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> don't listen to him, John. He's teasing you. I think uh, it's right, though. I think it, it did have all this underlying stuff, and that's why it proved how invested you can get a crowd which is what you saw yeah. on a, f- a four week build it, like th- this isn't uh, months and months of, of back and forth this is quite a new story still that they just they had all it's, it's quite a simple story as well it just had all the pieces there and the crowd were just going absolutely nuts for all of it for the the psychology of it all the little exchanges and the mimicry that they did of each other's moves and r- the cross-legged and the and and the crawling and all that kind of thing. it was like just just it brought you into all that so I think that is all that much underlies so that even if people weren't getting that that's why right. it, it, it it was so easy to get invested. What in. did what did Alistair do when Velveteen? So so he's sitting in the cross leg. Velveteen slides in, sort of like the hip thrust position. Yeah, he's like acknowledge me, say my name, say my name. And Alistair's like looking awkwardly at the crowd, selling it real good. Like he doesn't, he's a little bit, a little bit put out by it. Yeah. And then Velveteen switches to the seated position. Yeah. And then there's a huge pop from the crowd, and the hard camera refuses to pan to <laughs> Alistair. Uh-huh. So he's done something which they're not happy with. He, and then he's re- adjusted to the to the standard sort of arched cat stretch position. And then hard cams panned over, and uh-huh. he's doing that in, I, Al- in Velveteen's face. I think face. he was just going into that position and yeah. that's what got the pop but the camera was just a bit slow to get you know? to it now because it's because it's live like I don't think I just think it was because it, it, they finished they missed the black mass as well yeah so, same, they, so I, I just think that, it was yeah. just just, just, a bad edit. just just a bad edit because mm. it's live you can't really get around it um, and we had that again oh, we'll get to it in the main event though uh, there was also a moment that they missed on camera that they then back reference on commentary saying apparently this happened at the same time and it was like right uh, well you kind of saw yeah yeah the double throw is like all synchronised and that would have been this beautiful shot but but yeah it was a, a live event with some yeah, awesome there was stuff, stuff going in, on there was a thing in the main event they definitely tried to keep the camera away from for quite yeah. some time yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but, um, but also do you think any camera issues there were influenced by the having to have two rings so only having three sides to, to, to work with well WWE uh, ringside cameras are usually positioned in two places. They're right. on the corners of the ring yeah. nearest the hard cam, yeah. right? Uh, and then they shoot into the ring di- yeah. on a diagonal. If you've got you've got that that other ring on yeah. one side, that cameraman has has, is, has a has half the amount of movement yeah, that he would yeah, normally exactly. have. 
Yeah. So yeah, if it's possible, it's I would have definitely affected it. it because essentially, <coughs> when they use the left side ring as you look at a hard scan, then the right side Roma wouldn't have been able to run the line. Yeah. And when they use the right side ring, yeah. the left side Roma wouldn't have been mm. able to run the line. And, it, and, it's, and it's not something that they have a lot of practice in because this match hasn't been, yeah. you know, yeah. the War Games match haven't been done for so long. Yeah. Yeah. That you know. Hardcom hardly ever pulled to show both rings, didn't it? Even yeah, in war, even it, in it resisted games, very, it as best it could. Very, yeah. very rarely did they pull. They have a couple of string. interesting shots that you very rarely get, which is like they had two hard cams, one one lined up for each ring. Yeah, um, and uh, occasionally they would show the the hard cam that wasn't directly in front of the ring, just to give a slight kind of angle. Oh. Right. Um, I thought that was interesting. This is someone who looks at video editing of wrestling a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I really like the fact that this match. So a lot of people were saying to me, "This is match of the year." There's not tons of moves in it. It's not moves, moves, moves. So a lot of people love Pete and Tyler from uh, Takeover Chicago, which comparatively to a lot of WWE matches very is very, very move yeah, heavy. Sure. And it's an indie match on a WWE show which is one of the reasons it blew people's minds so much because we're around indie wrestling all the time we know how cool indie wrestling is but a WWE crowd takeover crowds are a little bit different but a WWE crowd as a rule is is very very different because it's a, especially if you go to a big show like Wrestlemania mm. or Survivor Series or whatever it, people like WWE for different reasons we like it because we're wrestling fans mm-hmm. but there's people who only like WWE and don't invest in anything outside of it so yeah. sometimes when they see stuff that's different it blows their mind. What's interesting about this match, and so many people going, it's their match of the year, is this is one of the most WWE matches it's possible to have. Yeah. Because it's completely. all about, you can't really have a match like this on the indies because you need cameras and you need to have television storytelling build to yeah. get to this match, which you can't necessarily do on but an indie show. Yeah, but that's, again, that, that's the thing that I think a lot of indie fans forget and overlook how powerful that can be the psychology mm. of it and, and and you guys had it with um, when Ginny G- 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 finally squared up against Alora a Dimato just them standing in the ring together had people on their feet and that's all it took because that story had been built so well you got that psychology of like they don't they've not done tons of cool indie moves yet yet everyone's like buzzing because it's been s- such a long and good build and that's it's a really important part of wrestling, and again, we'll get to that. Like we saw that at some of the things in Survivor Series, I thought some bits that I wasn't that excited about. I was like, oh, by just people standing in the same ring together, yeah. it just just was the one of the biggest pops for me of the night. And it's like, oh, I hadn't thought about how yeah. exciting it would be <laughs> to see this person looking at this person. That's all it took. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's an underrated bit sometimes in indie wrestling fans of want great moves. It's one of the, obviously this podcast always tries to be positive, and it's one of those things that that. I think sometimes we forget that when I, when I, whenever I defend stuff that happens in WWE, I always like to point out that we find it hard writing as many shows as we write, um, and we do two a month, yep. and it's hard. Yeah, I know there's only three of us, but it's still hard. Um, it, WWE put what ten, eleven hours of content out a week, mm-hmm. so it, not everything's going to hit. But when something does hit like this, and, and people are losing their minds over it, again, you have to remember that this is not. This is the sort of thing that could only really happen in a televised wrestling product to, yep. to make people as excited. You could have that match on an yeah. indie show and it'd be great. Yeah. But to have the real excitement about the build about it and having HD cameras right in their faces yeah. when yeah. they're talking to each other and stuff like that, that's that's the thing that, that 
is where we should appreciate product like WWE yeah. because because a lot of people are like, no, I don't like WWE, I like the Indies, but this is the sort of thing that gives you exact example of of how they can do stuff amazing. And that's what I think jumps out to me is 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 the crossover of that though. It's the reason Pete and Tyler was so exciting on a WWE show is the same reason that the stuff Eddie's doing at the moment is so exciting on an indie show because he's doing these amazing stories and videos that's really g- getting you invested and with often people assume TV wrestling, yeah, or people right? assume you can't do that because you're not on TV but it's being it's, it's using social media and going no I'm going to tell these stories and build <laughs> this in that way and people are going rightfully nuts for it because it's like right oh we're not used to that in indie mm. wrestling are we used to oh this great person against this great person and seeing what they can do on the day well, people are used to promoters dream matches which yeah. is yeah. which is completely don't get me wrong which is wicked I, I love going it's to the odd show where it's like oh there's two people I really want to see wrestle yeah. each other Yeah, but the and you guys have even done it a couple of times Absolutely. right and Joe and Rampage and stuff and like, sometimes just we'll, dream matches. and sometimes we'll do like because if we've got seven matches on a show three or four of them might have a story to them three or four might not yeah. Yeah. you know and because we've got to still remember an indie company and give that side of it but yeah there's nothing wrong with having storyline development and having people. Yeah. You know, look at how look at how angry the world was with you for what you did at Are You Angry Gods. Yeah. People were true. Absolutely wanted to kill you. Twitter, um, Twitter was unglued. Yeah. <laughs> Positively unglued. And it's what I like is is it is it, it seems like it's the realization of indie wrestlers that they can take control of these storylines in a way Ooh. across companies rather than being oh I turn up and get told I'm a heel or a face. It like people like Zach Gibson has built that fantastic thing that wherever he goes bar a couple of companies he, he can be this horrendous villain that everyone loves to boo and that's that feels like that the uh, wrestlers I mean, taking control of that themselves rather than going oh I'm just going here and this is an individual night and that's that do you know what I mean yeah. telling their own storylines across across promotions yeah I mean when you which is great the uh, when you talk about like positive and ne- positives and negatives of independent wrestling against like a WWE product and certainly most independent wrestlers would massively put their artistic influence yeah. as a huge positive for independent yeah, wrestling. 100%, of yeah. like, you know, you can you can exactly what you're saying. You can, can put it together control, all the yeah. different, you know, and you can decide whether you want this to be something which is which is standalone to one organization or whether it's something which you want to cross over different places mm. and also do that in different ways, kind yeah. of. Thing. As well, I mean, speaking as promoters. Like I don't think we've ever come up with an idea that wouldn't suit a wrestler and just gone. No, you need to. We need to put a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah this yeah, needs yeah. to happen. It's always it always feels that, that collaborative. Most, most things we do are collaborative and, and fairly organic. Um, most of the time, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. Reverse power oil. Um, <laughs> the uh, the thing <laughs> the thing about this match that I think was the best is uh, which is kind of obvious, but as the match is going on, I was just concerned a bit because similar to yourself, like I would consider consider Alistair a friend, and like as the thing is going on, the on- as good as it is, the only thing that's concerning me is like man, Velveteen's coming out like a absolute mega star from this, mm. and 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 Alistair isn't, or you know, he's I'm pretty sure he's going to go up, and when he goes up. I'm not sure what where he goes next because mm. he he basically made Velveteen a star in this mm. in this whole program mm. and in the way they put the match together. And as it's getting towards the back end, I'm thinking as long as he acknowledges him at the end, he'll 
get them right back. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, as long yeah. as he acknowledges them. And, and I was like, and we get to the end and he's sitting there and I'm getting excited because he's sitting there and Velveteen's like almost resting on his thigh. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, he's yeah, just yeah, like yeah, acknowledging. Yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay, and like I, a puppy. Like, like a little puppy. And go. I'm thinking to myself, yep. oh, they're going to do it, they're going to do it, they're going to do it. And all I'm thinking in my head is, because I really like promos and things, yeah. and all I'm thinking in my head is the last line needs to be Velveteen Dream. Yeah. What should he say? Yeah. In the build up to Velveteen Dream, and like mm. I'm, I'm like, yeah, you his. have my expect, you have my respect, Velveteen Dream, or whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever. But I'm thinking, you have my respect is not very Alistair Black, no. is it? You know, he's quite like the the language he uses is quite yeah. sort of cryptic, is a bit like gothic, and you yeah. know, there's. He, he quite likes all of that uh, sort of uh, literature on Satanism and stuff like that. Yeah. That stuff quite fascinates him, right? As a, as a as a human, and that line that he gave of like, what was it? Enjoy, Enjoy your infamy. infamy. Enjoy yeah. infamy. Was wonderful. Velveteen Dream. Oh, it's notoriety. Infamy. 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 Which is, I mean, that's Great. just exquisite, isn't it? I think yeah. he goes straight out of this into a program with Almas. Uh, well, Alistair. he wrestled Almas on his takeover debut. Yeah. So mm. I think that's an organic place for him to go yeah. right now, and Velveteen can go, can go anywhere. So, so here's so here's the thing: your whole point about Velveteen comes out of it looking a star. Velveteen was on Tough Enough, wasn't he? He was yeah. to start with, um, and and was let go because of his, his attitude essentially, uh, and then brought back into the fold and went to the Performance Center, etc. There is nothing that's going to stop him being a superstar ever, mm. <laughs> because he's just he's got it. He's got yeah. the He's got, he's been in the the, the w, he's been under the WWE umbrella since he was nineteen years old, and there's nothing that's going to stop him, like it, because he's got he he's got all the tools. Like he looks amazing. He's in amazing shape. He he can do promos. He's got a good character, mm. um, and he can wrestle and and he can like his selling's amazing. Yeah, right? and that's why the Shawn Michaels comparison comes to me and that. Yeah. Your tech moves and looks like he's been killed. Yeah, and 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 unfortunately, if you're that good at selling, eventually a crowd's just going to go. I want to cheer. <laughs> yeah, why? Because he's he's vaguely yeah. sympathetic. So, but there's, I don't think there's anything they could put him in with anyone, and he's going to end up looking like a I, superstar. I, I I love that him and Kari Zane have both brought an elbow drop as a finishing move and made it look absolutely brutal again. Like yeah. it really looks like a finisher. Um, it annoys me that it's called the Purple Rainmaker. Because yeah. the rainmakers move, he yeah. could have gone purple rain drop or purple rain falls or purple rain shake. Like, there's so yeah, many options the purple there. Purple rain, or just the purple rain, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's like, well, don't use a great move's name and not do a variant of that move. That's the one bit that kind I'm, of annoys me a little bit. That'll be a rib on someone calling it the purple rainmaker. I'm certain wrestling yeah. being the way it is. Yeah, I agree though. Like the calling it if if his move was a ripcord into something, then purple rainmaker would make perfect sense. Yeah, it's a clever pun on Prince, yeah. and it's also a variant of a ripcord into a move. Yeah, but calling it the purple rainmaker well, it's and completely it unrelated to elbow drop yeah. is just silly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like I'd yeah. like him to have a move called the purple rainmaker yeah. that is something that's great that is a ripcord. Yeah. You know, it's using that, but don't make it I love again it's weird I love the elbow drop I love the name Purple Rainmaker I just don't want them together should just be a ripcord into a pose yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> like like Dan in Street Fighter games should just his special move should be a taunt yeah yeah <laughs> Purple Rain Drop is really a far better name isn't it yeah because he jumps off the top let's start this petition now drops on them Purple yeah. Rain Drop hashtag Purple Rain Drop <laughs> yeah that, um, that last shot of the two of them 
once they've done all the replays and stuff and then they came that last shot of Dream flat on the mat pouring yeah. at him like a puppy and uh, Black sat there cross-legged with the mic uh, again comic book one of my favourite films is uh, uh, Unbreakable yeah. the M. Night Shyamalan yeah, yeah, yeah. film and I got that from this the the relationship between the Bruce Willis character and the Samuel L. Jackson character yeah. from that um the fact that they're sat next to each other, both facing the same way, rather than opposite each other, yeah, to me says it's not, it's not as simple as good and evil. Yeah, it's that again. Yeah. It's that thing that I mentioned earlier about being on the same curve. Yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. on different ends of it. Yeah, uh, and then Black giving him what he wants at the end, whilst simultaneously putting him down with that "enjoy your infamy" line, yeah. was great. And then Velveteen has also achieved what he was wanting yeah despite taking an absolute kicking yeah oh it was so good but hitting the best DDT I've seen in ages yeah. <laughs> I, I don't uh, know what do you call it that a dragon crazy. clutch DDT or something oh, I have no idea it? I have no idea what to actually there used it. to be a guy in the indies who used to do it years ago but uh called Tommy End was it <laughs> <laughs> but Damien Dunn did it for a while and uh, I've taken it a few times and uh, it's really difficult to take hmm. it's not easy to take because you've arched backwards and then you're going to throw yourself into a front bump safe case scenario or a spike bump the way that, that, that Tommy took it last night and that's that's hard from like a, a back bridge hmm. to then throw yourself in that in that direction is not and it, it looked well, it looked incredible on the night it looked fantastic it looked like and I, I, I like that he, what was that and yeah. I like that he teased it earlier even though no one knew what it was, oh, what, it was. Oh, what, oh, what it was so that made that foreshadowing all the more exciting it's like, yeah. oh wow this is yeah I uh, I felt quite emotional after this match I went for a walk <laughs> Did wow you? genuinely like a little bit teary great wow, that'll be the drugs wrestling can have that effect on you can. I, I do weirdly the, the <coughs> Wrestling occasionally, before I was involved in it, wrestling would occasionally make me emotional. Now it makes me emotional much more. But mm. a lot of that is down to watching it's TV and going, though, right? I, I, know, yeah. I know that person. Yeah. Yeah. So Pete Dunne making his Raw debut, I got really emotional at that. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, I was at that show. It's just like, it, it, it's, it's just really cool. Like, and, and there are things that, I mean, any regular progress viewer will be aware that John cries three times every progress show, two times out of frustration and then one out of genuine yeah. emotion. Um, and <laughs> but it is like it, it, there's nothing wrong with wrestling making people laugh. No, it's cool. Cool. That's I the best it. part of it, right? Yeah. yeah, I was fine all the way through Peter Mark in the in the UK Championship tournament, and then on the pin, tucked his head in to speak to him. That was gone. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was me done. I had to take him in there. Amazing. It was great. Basically, that's yeah. my favourite WWE match of the last ten years. Of the last ten years, yeah. wow, that's awesome. huge, isn't it? Wow, more than CM well, and John Cena. Yeah, because nothing, nothing has affected me emotionally like that. Wow, that's good. Good, mate. Yeah, it's wonderful. Good stuff. Um, just gonna go for a lie down now. Yeah, <laughs> gonna lie down, mate. Um, next up was uh, the title, f- uh, the the title match for the vacant women's uh, NXT Championship yes. between Ember Moon, Peyton Royce. Uh, Kyrie Sane and Nikki Cross. Um, I, I, I was very pleased for Ember Moon to win it. I wasn't surprised that Ember Moon won it because yeah. she had a, a great, a great sort of run with Asuka and, mm-hmm. and has, has been awesome. I think the finish 
in particular and her doing the eclipse to two people at the same time was badass I thought it was amazing because there was a few really nice double moves Mm. in this match but that one I just got really excited after it happened because it's a double move that is affected by having two people because there's another head there to hit into and uh, um, Nikki Cross who she pinned was the one that was on the shoulder therefore it is more took the worst, damage, and yeah. she's hitting the shoulder and having a head mm. hitting her. So it's a double effect of the move. She did a really good job I love of that. wrapping her armor on both their heads. Yes, yeah. Like that can't. I don't think that that on move the fly, can't be on easy the move. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. general, yeah. because of how much motion she has on the way into it, and to have spotted both of them and being like, yeah, I can wrap my armor on both their heads. Yeah, because she could easily just caught one. Yeah, yeah. And she didn't. She did catch both yeah. of them. Mm. It was legitimately on both people. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. There's loads of little little nice things in this. I think um, the fact that Kyrie Sane wasn't involved in that finish keeps Kyrie fairly strong, so you could do Kyrie and yeah. Ember going forward. She wasn't involved in a lot of those double teams. So not not double team, double person mm. moves yeah. either. Like she, it but was she almost did. always Peyton Royce and Nikki yeah. taking something or a combination say, of those she two. She did her elbow did drop on two, didn't she? Which was great. Yeah. Again, but yeah, but yeah, they um, they kept her strong. Yeah, very well. Also, as well, she's still adapting to like Asuka took a while to adapt to life yeah. in um, in in America, and also Kyrie's fair a fair amount younger than Asuka. Asuka yeah. was well in a, into her thirties by the time she yeah. went to move yeah. to the states. So um, small lady too, isn't she? She's very she's tiny. She's tiny. Fun fact: I have made an improvised telescope for Kyrie Sane. Yes, you have, John. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a fun fact. That is a piece of paper made black with gaffer tape, Amazing. rolled up, and then yeah. Fucking wow. four hours. Um, it was fucking good though. I so I my fun Kyrie same fact <laughs> is we were at uh, an NXT show in I want to say Coco. So yep. NXT do touring house shows all around America, mm-hmm. um, but they also do smaller ones two or three times a week in Florida within two hours driving distance of the Performance Center, um, and they only get two three hundred people on it, and often some of the biggest stars so the champions don't tend to be on the shows yeah. um, and it's just so people get a bit of experience because you know there's one thing being at the performance centre but it's <coughs> wrestling in front of an actual audience and um, we were at this show in Coco and Kyrie Sane was there and I got introduced to Kyrie Sane by Shofanaki which is cool enough in itself um, uh, but Kyrie's English isn't brilliant and but Fanaki's English is amazing like absolutely like his, his whole number one announcement on Smackdown thing that's just a gimmick like he talks perfect English um, and he went he introduced me and then went away again and then he came back again and Fanaki's a really nice guy and he came back again and went um, excuse me Kyrie wants to know what are your tattoos and I went oh they're all girls from video games on pointing my sleeve and um, and she thought that was hilarious so Amazing. I was like brilliant I've bonded with uh, Fanaki and Kyrie Sane over having Princess Peach tattooed on my forearm yeah. so um, so yeah I mean it was a, it was a, it was a good match like I always expect it to be good because all four people in it are, are, are good. What was interesting with Peyton Royce's entrance was she came out and uh, and Billy Kay sort of went bye, see ya, and it was her sell of what where are you going, yeah, <laughs> which yeah, I actually made it interesting. But my wrestler fan brain went, well, she's coming back out to interfere, and then she didn't. Oh, is that what you thought? I thought that. Yeah, I was like, normally when someone says goodbye on their entrance, they nearly always interfere. Mm. I didn't get. I didn't think that. Yeah, so. I thought it was a. I thought at the time either Peyton's winning this, and they're they're kind of very subtly splitting the tag team up. Yeah. Or 
uh, it's a complete piece of misdirection to make yeah. me think that Peyton is winning this. So either way, it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you? Who did you? Honestly, who did we all think? Because I was certain Ember Moon was winning it, but who 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 did everyone think was winning? I thought uh, Peyton was winning because I thought that she was the only heel that can be there, and therefore there's a load of of faces for her to feud with on yeah. a longer run. Whereas the face one, I couldn't see that many f- heels at that 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 level to then to then compete. Yeah, same. I was pretty sure it was Ember to be honest. Yeah, just because she'd done the big run of matches with Asuka, and she never got to have the the, the payoff moment where she went over Asuka mm. when Asuka went on yeah. up so I thought that this was her and it was a nice touch the way they did the Asuka, Asuka in the ring yeah, at the yeah. end so that was her payoff I love that she was in the ring Asuka just popping up and going, Regal and Regal, like, <laughs> she put a hand on Regal's, Regal's shoulder Regal's quite a jumpy man from having to wrestle legitimate punters <laughs> in Blackpool for years she put a hand on his shoulder you can see him turning around going who's it oh it's Asuka it's fine <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> Um, next we had <coughs> the NXT title match um, and something that I did not expect no. which is a new NXT champion um, mm. uh, that surely surprised everyone there can't be anyone in the room who saw that coming well I didn't see it coming I was really pleased about it because regular Tuesday night your listeners will be aware I've been banging on about how good Almas is for ages and how mm. he's the second coming of Eddie Guerrero and this is this is further proof of how absolutely brilliant he is. And again, coming back to how often we've watched him this year, he is so good, so good. Even on house shows, yeah. goes it does everything at a hundred percent all the I time. Um, if anyone's ever seen um, the, the stuff he did in, in Mexico when he was La Sombra, um, the fact that he's responsible pretty much for the whole um, uh, Los Ingenables gimmick, um, uh, you know, it's. Um, someone like Naito does quite a lot of La Sombra's moveset so he's he's ludicrously good mm. um, and I really like what they were doing what they've done by putting him with Zelina Vega because completely because sh- Almas isn't is you ever had a conversation with him his English isn't isn't amazing a brief conversation yeah, he's, he's a nice guy and his English isn't, isn't the best he doesn't speak English but he's not it's not as um, promo level. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, that's the thing. And, and whereas Vega is an amazing talker, and her whole gimmick of yeah. I just well I can I've seen him and it's an opportunity mm. and I'm like an agent rather than a manager. Like you know what I mean? Like when you see yeah. someone yeah, just yeah, going yeah, I yeah, represent yeah. this person, yeah. almost like a female version of Don King. That's yeah, because yeah. like. I can make money off yeah. this person. And she's the reason I did. I was expecting him to win, or I thought it was it was a viable option because I haven't been on board at all despite all your mm. your 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 praise of, of his past of Almas and literally within a week or two of I her running involved. things I was like it's he's great such this is fantastic and, it, and that's what made me think right this is this feels like a really it felt like as you were saying they brought him in and w- w- wanted to push him quite quickly and it didn't connect and then when that connected so quickly I was like right this could be yeah I just think um, so I'm a huge Eddie Guerrero fan and yeah. And the thing that really there was association with other people that always pushed Eddie Guerrero to better things, and it wasn't necessarily having a manager, but in in Mexico it was being associated with Art Bar and, mm-hmm. and Jake Roberts for a while that made him an absolute mega heel, and it was yeah. being associated with people like Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit that yeah. took him to the next sort of level. Um, and I just I really really see that in him, and also like, he's got all the tools. He's he's really good at wrestling. He's a good looking dude. He's mm-hmm. he's in good shape. Everything that and now he's got. The promo side was the only bit that he didn't have, 
and he's got someone who's yeah, really really good at them yeah um and and she's both really likable because you watch her and go well, she's got a point she can make yeah. money out of these people yeah. but at the same time if you need him to be super heel she can be like the, the, the fact that she was doing Hurricane Rana to this match <laughs> the first one when she goes to Rana room and, and, and Rana Drew and he catches her, her. or the one she did on NXT the, on, oh, yeah. on NXT the other week into the steps was into perfection Roddy. yeah to Roddy yeah, that, really that was amazing like the, just that was g- genuinely something that made me kind of sit up in my seat because like it was so nailed yeah right? yeah, yeah. Lita used to really whipped it what and she's and she's a tiny girl as well. Again, oh, they they highlighted that with Drew standing standing in front of her at the beginning of this. But yeah, she is absolutely minuscule. But also, I think I, I read in an interview with with someone recently about how WWE had repeatedly tried to find something for her as a wrestler. Yeah, so and and they, and they couldn't really find something for her, and her size was a bit of a problem and mm. stuff like that. And then this opportunity has come up, and it's a great example of two people going right. Is the opportunity? Let's let's nail this, and Rumors, both of them yeah. are playing their parts so well. I, I mean, I feel sad because I like Drew, so I feel I feel a bit sad for Drew. And, and the, the, I was reading on the internet this morning that I think Drew might have tore his bicep in the match as well. Yeah. Which is that literally on the last sucks. move? I don't know. He just it held it straight after. No, I the, think it's a, it was a little bit earlier. It sucks for but, Drew, but I I do wonder whether Elmas was meant to go over. No, I, I think he was. You think? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely think he was. I, I, personally, I'm not convinced. I right. I think that that finish was called in the ring because Drew knew he'd be out for months. You don't know. I don't think they ever call matches like that in the ring when sure. it's the titles at stake because you don't know how long you're going to be out. Sure, but this is this is what it looks like to me as yeah. a as a promoter. Yeah, because that finish was literally came out of nowhere. It was That's great a, though, wasn't so, it? Was, it was you wonderful. Say, yeah, the nearly run it was just it looked brutal and, and on wonderful. The, uh, on the on that like. This is a talking point rather than me saying that it definitely is the case. But like, should they have gone home on the interference into the DDT, which got the best false reaction because everyone bit that that was the actual finish, yeah. and then they do the the sick kick, kick out, and then that that avalanche run afterwards, both from kind of nowhere. Like the the crotching himself wasn't wasn't like the. The most creative thing in comparison to how good the the spike Rana into yeah. taking the regular yeah. finish was. I think that's because NXT is chiefly a more indie-ish crowd. I think that's playing up the conventions of indie wrestling by having people yeah. kick out of stuff. I it's like it it's one of those ones where you have a spot which you know this is going to get the best false finish reaction. Yeah. But the trouble is then coming up with something better. Mm. to As be the actual, the actual yeah, finish yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I don't think they managed it with this one as an example like I don't think that that finish was hotter than the false finish that they did yeah. with the Rana into then, his regular DDT not to get sort of too deep into it but maybe that was the point like I'm here saying that I think they called it in yeah. ring so for that finish to seem like it came out of absolutely nowhere yeah. maybe that was entirely the point to yeah. Work. Uh, don't get me wrong. That DDT at the end looked nasty. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It was looked like it put you down. But it was horrible, and he clutched his arm straight after. As soon as mm. Almas got off it, I was worried he pulled it on the because he was like supporting himself on the rope. I think that's when he, he did the DDT, and then I was worried that like he pulled it as he went down with the mm. DDT because it was obvious he'd hurt his arm, right? Because he didn't like, I mean, straight away holding his arm until I read that about him uh, potentially hurting his arm. And again, we don't know how long he's going to potentially be out for. I I thought 
oh, they've just used him in NXT for a bit, but because Drew's got so much experience, um, he's probably just going straight to the main roster now. That's the, the, how I looked at it was because mm. he's, he's he's got all the tools that you need, and, and, and he's and he's arguably and he's a, massive, but also he's yeah. arguably a better fit for the, the main, main roster, roster than he is for NXT, NXT. Yeah. definitely. Um, uh, and not that he's not again again watching him work this year like he, he's thrown absolutely everything into this in, in, in the same way that you have to appreciate you have to appreciate what he's done and what someone like Jinder Mahal's done to go mm-hmm. do you know what I had this taken away from me and I'm not I'm not letting it slip again Yeah. Mm. Um, so hopefully he's not out for long um, the, um, the reports that I've read over the weekend say four to six months oh sucks oh, yeah. he's a nice guy as well Drew so um, get well soon Drew um, but if he gets back like Four to six months immediately. I'm thinking night after WrestleMania shows up on Raw, huge action. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like doesn't hurt. Like in the grand scheme of things, mm. six months off doesn't hurt him at all. Mm. If he shows up on the main roster right at the end of it, who do we think the next challenger to uh, Almas's title will be? I think Alista was a, or Alistair. Sorry, Alistair. <laughs> I think Alistair was a good call earlier because the yeah, they've, they've got that bit of history and he's he's come off that a winning again arguably the match of of the weekend if not more oh yeah um my my slight reservation about that would be that as a booker I, at this point i would be keeping alistair undefeated yeah so if they want to keep Alistair the champion for a while don't put him in with black yeah yeah but there's not well adam adam cole would be because i yeah. think Alistair's has come out of that having turned the crowd, the crowd reaction suggested that they lo- like him more than maybe the booking suggests. But surely yeah. he'll still with the, with with Vega, he'll still be. He can't be a baby heel face. With like, yeah. I mean, he'll get cheered on on the the big takeover shows, I'm sure. But they'll still portray him as yeah. a, as a villainous, underhanded character. Yeah. So maybe Cole doesn't work in that sense because Cole's yeah, Roddy and, can go and straight again, but Roddy's Roddy, had a long run. And that's See, Roddy would have been one of my suggestions because the he's a sympathetic enough character, and if you want to not take the title off of him straight, because takeovers are every three months, so you know if you're building someone at the next takeover, do you want to establish this as Almas's champion going to WrestleMania season, or do you want to switch oh, it again? Oh, you yeah. do Gargano, don't you? Yeah, again, because because they just has, had that match. Uh, where, I was where s- they screwed Gargano over. Oh, and that was the one um, in Brooklyn. Yeah, that was wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They could do. They could do Gargano. And then again, maybe sure. and that's by that point, Champa might be fit by that point. Yeah. Yes. And that's good because I'd, I'd I'd say with with Adam Cole, it's that thing. <coughs> a, a kind of a, McGregor's a great example of him kind of saying, "I'm bigger than the belt. I'm bigger than a belt now. I'm a bigger story. I'm a bigger match. The Connor match is bigger than a title shot." Yeah. And I think. The undisputed era and sanity type feud is doesn't need a title at the moment. It is that kind of of yeah. th- that huge that Cena rivalry uh, when Cena w- didn't have a belt for ages because you don't need him to. His his feud is bigger than the belt in many ways, and I think that's kind of the case with the undisputed era and sanity mm-hmm. thing right now. That yeah. that's the biggest storyline, and they don't need to tie up a single belt in it. They can let you know yeah. all the belts. D- Bring other people up and tell these stories. They haven't really done a done a three way or a four way run with the belt at NXT for a long time, no, right? No. So they could easily do like Gargano and Alistair, or Gargano and Strong, or yeah. Gargano Strong and Cole, yeah, as a four way thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where Almas ends up retaining because yeah, Cole and Roddy are obsessed with one another. Yeah, I like you that. know. And then you go into programs towards WrestleMania, which are all singles mm-hmm. stuff. 
but yeah, I, I, I do think that Plus that would be really good, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Aesthetically, look at that Kohlrabi Dargano and Almas would be. Yeah. Be pretty good, wouldn't it? Be, be yeah, good. Very, quality. very good. <laughs> um, then to war games where barely anything happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was tweeting. Well, I, I nearly got the main event last night when I was watching Takeover. I was going. I was tweeting. This this show <laughs> has been the most fun, and people are going. You wait till you get to the main event mm. now. Um, I uh, I had a few people going. Yeah, but there's no roof on the cage, and it's not strictly speaking war games. Yeah, but you know, I know why there's no roof. Well, I have a guess at why there's no roof on the cage now. So one of the first Is it war tax games, reasons. No, <laughs> because it's health and safety reasons. One of the first war games. Um, the finish of the match was. Uh, was a genuine like they had to go to the finish because um, Sid powerbombed Brian Pillman but he lifted him up hit his head on the ceiling of the cage oh, and wow. absolutely fucked him up and they had to go to the finish so I and, and, and wrestling's safer than it was back then War Games was properly brutal back in the day everyone bled War Games yeah. is very different now um, obviously there's there's a no no blood policy in yeah. WWE I mean there was blood in this match. There was a lot and, of blood and, in this but match. But it was accidental blood, which tells you how dangerous it is. Imagine how much more dangerous it would have been if there was a roof on the cage And, as and well. they've got a team who are, a, a, a team I think are great, but are young in the Authors of Pain who are all about lifting people over their heads quite a lot. Yeah. So in that situation, it's um, like that's there's a lot more risk of, of that, in, that happening. Wrestling's changed as well. Like you want people to be able to do stuff like the big suplex spot from the top. Yeah. You kind of need that to happen. Yeah. How it used to be with a roof on, it was there was nothing massively spectacular happened yeah, in those yeah, matches. Yeah. They were yeah. brutal and they were intense and they were full of heat. Yeah. But there was there was no there was no big spots. Huge high spot. Whereas this this is this is essentially a series of fantastically well planned spots that all yeah. made loads of sense and uh, every time one happened I'd be like, Oh, it's gonna be and like it's just really good. The fun. big the big takeaway I had was how far moves wise and ability wise a, a wrestling has come because it, it felt like that it felt like I've loved the other war games matches but as you said there weren't really it was more this is this great spectacle and there's attention moves wise and technical this was a next level to any of the previous ones for me it just it blew me away move for move I have a slight confession in that I haven't seen any other war games matches but you didn't really like wrestling until the mid noughties was that correct, correct? Yeah. so you don't like when we do meetings I'm the one with I'm the one with the stupidly encyclopedic knowledge of, of yep. wrestling because I've, I'm a nerd and I've been watching it. I'm also older than everyone else. So I've been watching it for a long time. And I remember watching... A, I didn't watch a War Games match live ever because it was WCW, which was harder to see. Certainly um, pay-per-views on WCW were very difficult to yeah. get hold of. So I, it was only when I got into getting tapes and stuff when, it, when I was a student that I actually went back and, and watched them and was like... Or just the crowd reaction to stuff, um, you know, and and they used to do the coin toss to decide who went because the old World Games rules were it was two teams, four or five, and um, two what? men would start, and then there'd be a coin toss. So this you know, this War Games is not the no. I, yeah. I, I was confused by what you said. You said two teams, four or five. Two teams of four or five. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, um, and and then there'd be a coin toss to decide. Uh, which team well, got the advantage? The, the heels always had the advantage. Yeah, of course they did. Always. <laughs> yeah. um, weighted coin, weighted coin. 
Whereas I, I actually like how this was put together. Yeah, um, I really liked it. And another few people tweet me saying, yeah, but it would have been better if people entered one at a time. Yeah, but then the match would, the match have, would have lasted for years. Yeah, it would have yeah. been long. Um, and, 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 and the advantage wouldn't have been that great in kind mm. of the modern kind of the way it is. It wouldn't have felt as overwhelming that when there's three of them and everyone has only got one, it's a huge thing. People forget as well, audiences now have got a much shorter attention span. Yeah. You kind of need it to be that a, a team of two come in and help and make it so there's loads of big spots so people yeah. don't lose their attention. It, it, the, the it was just perfect too, wasn't it? Because the way they, they structured it, you had you had Roddy, uh, Cole and, and Eric Young basically just do a good triple threat match mm. for five minutes. Then yeah. you had Undisputed Era come out and basically take a heat for five minutes. And then you had Offensive Pain come out and just do stunts yeah. for five minutes. And yeah. then when Sanity come in, they bring all of the weapons in, yeah. and it goes mental. Yeah, and that was like that's perfect, like constructed that Perfectly way. Constructed it, let, it, it let it let the it let undisputed era put actual heat on. It let Officer Pain do a bunch of stunts. Have and a it, throwing contest yeah. because of the two rings was just fantastic. It and then it great. let Sanity look crazy because yeah. all of a sudden they come out and they're like, you don't want to introduce the weapons too early, but like you really want sanity to introduce the weapons so them coming in last together and just and it just added weapons into it, the ring it added that great, wonderful it? it allowed you to have the suspension of disbelief when um killian dane didn't get any tables and then the crowd demand tables yep. and he goes and gets tables that allowed you to go <gasps> anything can happen this is like, that? yeah it's it just fantastic. that moment of him yeah. because i don't know if he i don't know if he guessed that they'd maybe do that we want tables given. I think yeah. he's smart enough because the way I think he sold it, of like, really the way did, he yeah. sold it, of like, oh well. All right, so if like, you want, while I'm here, I'll do it. I'll just go and get him. Yeah. I loved that. I thought that was brilliant on his part. Of, of if if that was intentional, of just acting like that's all I'm getting, and then going in. I didn't understand him putting a chain on the the gate because he's crazy. Because he's crazy. He wants to, and they ate but the key, didn't it's, it? It's locked. Yeah, but that's what I thought. It's like, well, the but key, the, if you leave, you. Your team is out. Any, it's, it's it seemed completely bizarre. See, to me. As, I, a, as a shocking thing, I was like, "All right, cool, he's going to eat. I, he, I, he's eating the key now." That was lovely. I don't know why that's <laughs> happened, but I, then like, I liked it when they went to leave at the end, and they were like, "No, that that guy's eating the key. We've got to wait, <laughs> to wait for him, him to listen. <laughs> like, We've got to wait for him to poop it out." Um, strange, strange. Side, you ruined the trash can. We've got to wait for him to do it. <laughs> I, I like that they messed around with the the traditional convention of of leaving a cage so obviously if you left the cage for this yeah it meant that your team forfeited yeah only one person tried to leave the cage and it was adam cole yeah. who has previously looked at his partners and gone do you know what i'm fuck this i'm off yeah like he's he's to get across the fact that he's a weasel yeah the fact that he repeatedly tried to escape the cage to avoid the carnage and didn't give a shit about dropping his own team in it yeah i thought that was really 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 cool yeah. Um, that camera shot of the uh, the twin towers of doom, yeah, yeah where, where he's, he's just he's, left in the middle, just going, because he does look like the Messiah as well. Yeah, so that's terrific. He's yeah. yeah, it's um, so many cool spots. So it was always going to be hard to choose an organic one to go home with, right? Mm. So <laughs> many amazing, so many amazing high spots. You think like, what are they going to finish with here? But also, I don't mind matches. I don't mind matches finishing with a simpler move, because what you don't want is you don't want to get to a point like the problem they have in Japan, 
where you had to kill a man to pin it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if logically, if you've been, if you've taken loads of big, big spots and you've kicked out of them, there's going to be a point where if you're you playing, kick out so it's like if you're playing Street Fighter Two, right? And you're dragon punching people repeatedly. Eventually, yeah. if they've got a tiny sliver of energy and you hit them with a light kick, you still win. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that that logic of someone's worn down enough for your finisher, to, your regular finisher to work, rather than needing to do a ridiculous shit yeah. drop avalanche version of yeah. the finisher yeah. all the time, I think conditions fans to know that anyone can win at any time. Um, so I'm kind of on board and down Completely. with that. And what a, a beautiful detail I thought on the speaking of killing a person is when they did the finish when they they went to the wide shot no one was moving right. everyone laid absolutely still there was no rolling around or yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to get up it was just everyone was gone that was it no one was moving and we literally uh, were looking over at, um, a few of the, the sanity guys like he, they look dead like, like they're that There's still every chance and that Alexander Wolf is dead oh, that was the one that we looked at him in the background just slumped at a really awkward really angle it was like someone someone definitely head, check on this dude because yeah, yeah. Yeah, but again, I thought that was a beautiful yeah. touch. There wasn't the kind of uh, like, like holding a joint or whatever else or rolling around or mm. staggering to your feet. It was just, no, even the guys who've won, the, only the guys who've won, in fact, are the ones who are kind of slightly moving. And Everyone else barely. is just still, yeah. Yeah. which I thought looked great. Um, it did. I quite liked how it, the, it felt like a cross. I've written this in my notes. It felt like a cross between a match from 1989 and a match from now. Yeah. So a cross between the stuff that we love about NXT and indie wrestling and whatever and an old school war games match in that there was bits where the crowd reacted exactly like it was 1989 so some of the stuff that authors of pain did just like throwing someone from one ring to another That's which isn't like it's not the it's not the most ridiculous spot in the world but people were going oh, hang, the reaction was fuck they're strong lads aren't yeah. they like which you but don't hear very often the, the beauty of it is it's a spot that you can yeah. never see because right. yeah. there's yeah, never yeah, two yeah. rings, that's and that's what was great. It was the simplicity of we just we're throwing people, but, <laughs> but, but, but we never get to see that. So it's like this is amazing. <laughs> that was one of the things I totally, I, I totally get why they do it, why they did it for the spectacle of war games. But it was a bit sad on the the rest of the card was that they never acknowledged the second ring. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. on the old World strange, War Three uh, WCW yeah. shows, used to enjoy the fact that like Mysterio would wrestle someone and he'd like springboard from one rope onto yeah. the other rope's ring onto yeah. someone and stuff they would allow um, themselves to use both rings in the other matches too completely I wanted that I wanted after Alistair won him to do his flip over the ropes into a cross leg into the empty into the other <laughs> ring they, <laughs> oh, they nice. could have had a spotlight or whatever else as he's kind of yeah, obviously yeah, it was far yeah. better the moment they had but I was like yeah. that's perfect there to do that yeah. you know Almost certainly is athletic enough yeah. that he could have done something incredible ring to ring. Yeah, like I know why they didn't because obviously saved that spectacle yeah. for the for the last match. The last great. match already got a giant old cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting how they the non war games matches they did two in one ring and two in the other. Yeah, people who bought tickets, I right? Think, like if you bought a ticket to the front row and you're sat on the front and row, then and then they make the other side. Like what? Yep. <laughs> Stitched. Um, what was everyone's favourite spot in this match? Um, just out of interest. Um, mine was the arm breaker elbow drop spot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, when... which, which was just... It was like, where's he fucking... Where's he come from? Yeah. Um, which, that was my favourite spot in the match. Um, I also love the fact that they made Killian Dane look like a megastar. Yeah, yeah, huge. Um, look which amazing. again, friend of the show. So, you know, nice one, mate. And, and made a, l- a, l- a little point of reminding everyone that he was in the Andre the Giant 
um, yeah. a role and smashed it and looked amazing. I thought that was nice because that was something I'd kind of forgotten because he had that and then they didn't do anything with <laughs> it. Because it. It was... we were at WrestleMania and we, we when that Andre the Giant Battle Royal happened and he came out, we both went, He's, yeah. he's one yeah. of our mates he's in this in, yeah, in the same sure. way that when Jack Gallo was in the Royal yeah. Rumble it was like oh this, but my lives are surreal now <laughs> this is bizarre what was good about it is like Ick and Razor come as like a package right yeah. so you never really consider those as separate entities mm. and they're big stars yeah. within, within NXT Roddy obviously big star Kyle O'Reilly Bobby Fish come together Adam Cole big star Eric Young big star the two guys who are like probably lesser stars going into it were the guys who probably shone mm. arguably the most? Yeah, Wolf and uh, and Killian Dane, and in recent you know weeks mean? as well, they like Wolf has become like like superstars in it. So good. Yeah, yeah. He, he felt originally in Sanity as the tagged on extra guy, and yeah, then this 100%. last in this feud in the build to this, he's f- found his character so well and been. He's I don't know. It feels like he's got an individual character now, rather than just he's a member of Sanity. He's got his crazy shouting and pulling faces and watch being... if you ever go and see an NXT show live mm. yeah. and you're watching a sanity match yeah, just watch Alexander Wolfe watch all the stuff he does when he's not yeah. in shots or yeah, not yeah, wrestling yeah, yeah. he, yeah. he never stops he never stops being in character ever yeah. And he's absolutely amazing for it, and and my appreciation for him this year has, has gone through the roof. I think he had at the beginning, didn't he? He had the cool smash dancing that he used to do, yeah, and that yeah. looked really cool. Especially if you like listen to hardcore music or whatever, yeah, you, yeah. It, it looks, you know, that like that just looks really visually cool. Yeah. And then uh, and now he started doing like a lot of his offense, like he did this crazy reckless flip dive that just looked wild, where like yeah. one arm was down and one arm was up, and like I'm sure he can probably do it clean, like a nice yeah. tidy starfish, but he just wings himself over yeah. the rope, like that's yeah. He came across like a megastar, yeah. him and Killian, and good for Killian too, yeah, because they let him do. He can obviously like the British independent uh, people from British independent wrestling will know that he can do a lot of pretty incredible things for a gentleman of his size yeah. and he doesn't always get the opportunity to show people that he can do that yeah. um, and he definitely got an opportunity on Saturday night Yeah, it's like they, he did coast to coast and yeah. lots of huge things that yeah. taunting Adam Cole who was there, sort of up and left of him just before he did the coast to coast it was wonderful super cool um, so um, last question before is we anyone else Got their spot oh, yeah, of the of, of, of oh, the match. Oh, I don't have a specific. I've, I've spot got there. one, but I, I didn't. I wanted to let everyone else go first. My favourite. Like, I keep going. I'll go first. My favourite moment of the match was that dueling Tower of Doom spot, where yeah. the focus was on Cole yeah. the whole time, because I thought that told a wonderful mm. story yeah. just in that one camera shot. Yeah, the biggest bump is probably that that top rope German. That's <coughs> scary for both guys, especially yeah. considering their their weight. And and the fact that one of the biggest moments was just before that was just Adam Cole climbing to the top yep. and going Adam Cole but, and getting the whole crowd to do it it's like what a great simple spot that, that, that just got everyone nuts just saying my name that's oh, all the, I'm yeah. the fact that Cole when he made his entrance because obviously he was in first yeah. out of the undisputed team um, just <laughs> walked straight past Eric Young and uh, and into the other ring yeah was again getting him over as a weasel yeah as cocky but doesn't really want to fight yeah yeah. my my previous a favourite War Games moment. So if anyone hasn't watched any of the War Games, if you go and watch the um, the the Four Horsemen one, was when Flair comes out and honestly spends a minute strutting, goes into the other ring, struts <laughs> before doing anything, just strutting about. And I was like, it's just great. And I love those little bits. And in this match, it was a similar little bit that 
it was when um, a Kyle O'Reilly, who loves Rilo Kylie, um, just did. <laughs> Good he, he went for a chair shot and missed and hit the chair on the ropes and bounced oh, back his face. And he did it so perfectly because he did it again. That's a spot that can look a bit silly or look yeah. a bit false, but. It just looked great. It was just really good, and the, they moved out of the way just in time, and he just hit the ropes and, and hit a, himself in the face. A look and on his face as the chair's coming back towards yeah, him. It's going off. Of complete shock, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was just a, just a lovely little bit that I just thought was n- nailed and wasn't over the top or blown up to huge no, proportions because of the thing. It was just a really nice just little... Just a small thing that was done, done really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah completely. Uh, so what was, was your... Mine. It was, that was yours. That was mine. Yeah, that was it. Which is which feels disrespectful to all the amazing spots no. that were at great risk to everyone's yeah. personal health. But I just loved that as a little, as a little moment in there. Um. So I've got a couple of questions before we move on to Survivor Series. Um, first off, uh, we got asked by Josh, um, what three, three man teams would we pick for War Games? Um, and I think you kind of need to have a theme to each team for it yeah. to work. So and anyone. Anyone alive or dead wrestling anywhere? Three, three man teams to wrestle. Um, well, Naito, Evil, and Bushi. Right. That's my. You got to do three though. Three, three man. Uh, teams. We've, we've got to come up with nine, but uh, twelve between us. Nine maths. Fair nine, enough. mate. Nine. There's four of us here. No, no, no. Three each of us. Three, three man teams. You've got to come up with nine. So you're oh, three. so we're coming up with thirty-six. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're three. <laughs> oh, God. We can, we can. For this, we can choose. We can choose people that have been chosen before. I'm not going to make it that difficult. So, um, so yeah, if you're putting together a war games match, because obviously you've got to have three teams that have chemistry with each other rather than just three wrestlers that you like. See, now you've introduced the rules. Yeah, that's not really a rule. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a, a British strong style at the elite, and. Um, a legend of doom when they added Ahmed Johnson. What a great battle! What a, what a great three teams, eh? Very strong start. It's a great shot. Yeah. Ahmed Johnson, eh? Very <laughs> strong star. Kings of the North, all three of them. This is the British version, and uh, CCK, CCK, yeah. That's Hang the obvious three. That's, the, that's right. the British war games. Yeah. Well done. Cheers. Wembley. Um, <laughs> I, I did an interview the other day where, where the interviewer said to me, if you could book, the actual question was, if you could book anyone in the world to appear for you at Wembley, who would you choose? And I named AJ Styles and Kazuchika Okada. And he's quoted that like that's going to be the main event at Wembley. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> it's not going to be the main event at Wembley, guys. Um, Budget permitted. <laughs> As we discussed earlier, permitted. it's going to be a Ford Fiesta <laughs> against <laughs> contracts permitted. Um, it's going to be a Ford Fiesta against um, Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> um, <laughs> three teams. Three teams. Boy, oh boy. Tough this, isn't it? I I would have uh, Rick Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. Yep, lovely. I would have Terry Funk, Mick Foley, Atsushi Anita, the other, oh, the second team. <laughs> this is, it, it's, it's a war game match. It needs to be violent, doesn't it? Um, good, good point. Um, <laughs> good point well made. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have 
uh, Eddie Guerrero, Art Bar, and Jake Roberts as the original Los Gringos Locos um, as the other two. Wowza. I'm rereading a lot of early 90s Wrestling Observers at the minute, so that'll be my team. I can't even think of them really. What what what? I like the idea of actual three men teams, not like yeah. two men and a little baby. Like I want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Good movie. Good movie. A money ink with Virgil. Money ink with there you go. Money ink with Virgil. <laughs> love that. Oh, Demolition again because you know they're just a good solid three man team. What other three man teams are there? Stables are great, don't they? But I don't want a four-man stable where it's like, you know, DX, but we'll just have the New Age Outlaws and X-Pac and mm. sorry Triple H and Shawn Michaels and all the X number of people who yeah, yeah, don't yeah. get to be involved. Um, so I don't really want to do that. I'm trying to think who else is a, is a, a trio. New Day? New, oh, the, New Shield. Day, the Shield. The Shield, the Shield are, a good, uh, are a good trio, right? No. The Wyatts, if 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 it's of recent, mm. the Wyatts, oh, the, the Shield, Wyatts and the and Shield, and someone who can, who would actually demolition, stick oh. stick in with money and convergence. Oh, oh, I know they're in it, but Fodder. sanity are perfect for a war games match. Yeah, they're they're, they're built for it. They're that kind of team that yeah. are meant to have mental matches, and they're bloody great. Wowza! Sanity, yeah. the Wyatts, and the Shield would be crazy, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Yeah. Whoosh! Right, yeah. we'll go for that. Good answers. Um. Sean's just briefly left the room. I'm going to ask this question to you because it's something I mentioned last night. Mm -hmm. I think Eric Young has the best voice in all of wrestling. Yep. <laughs> like I could listen to Eric Young talk for days and days. And he's a man who sounds like he smokes nine thousand cigarettes a day. Um, I think that they added Sean Michaels on the pre-show to make you remember how great his voice oh, is. Oh, Sean Michaels voice he, is wonderful as well. <laughs> he was one because I was we were like as soon as he was talking, my mate Sue said. Who's got a better voice, Eric Young, or whose voice would you prefer, Eric Young or Sean Michaels? I said, depends what they're doing. I think I depends what they're telling me. I think I offered to book <laughs> in New Orleans. I offered to book Eric Young versus Loki in some kind of speech off. Oh, really, Loki's got really good voice. Yeah, because a lot of people. I think Loki like, went into like did voiceover work for a little while. Yeah. in between wrestling Wonderful gigs and stuff, because he's got this like. He's also so got, deep. Isn't one of my favorite there? real names in wrestling. Which is Brandon Silvestri, which is a wow. brilliant name. Yeah, it's wonderful. What a name! Um, but I'm trying to. I'm sure. I mean, your voice is excellent. Very um, Welsh, it is. But you know, I am biased as a Welsh. So um, you know, like I, I, I do think I, I was tweeting about it, and people were going, "Yeah, but what about this?" But I'm like, no. Eric Young's voice. He did. A, there was a little snippet of him doing a promo mm. um, at the very uh, beginning of Takeover where you were reminded how good his voice is and I I sat and had a conversation with him once where all the time I was thinking he was talking about ice hockey which he loves and all the time I was thinking like first of all I'm talking to Eric Young this is really cool yeah. and secondly I was thinking your voice is the greatest I've, thing I've ever I've heard I've thought of one yeah M Macho Man because oh, again, yeah. you always hear people say that you think that was an act, and then they talk to him back, say, and yeah. that's just how he talked. That's Macho how it was. Got quite an iconic Macho Man's voice, a hell of a voice, he? isn't it? Yeah, yeah. a sign of a good voice maybe in wrestling for uh, for like um, usability is like Eric Young has managed to sometimes been forced and maybe sometimes out of his own choice has managed to reinvent himself mm. a number of times, mm. and whenever he reinvents himself his voice still suits the character yeah. so he can be maniacal and his voice suits a maniacal character he can be comedic and his voice still suits that yeah. character he can be an underdog babyface and his voice still suits that character that's quite a lot of diversity yeah. to your yeah. voice yeah. to be able to For such a distinctive voice as yeah. well yeah yeah now good point right on to Survivor Series how long have we got left 
Oh god! Um, it's like every time we do this, and there's a takeover. The takeover takes up oh. all the time. You've well, got six minutes. <laughs> Summarize the We've got more than six minutes. Or um, linking link from Matt to this. One of the people I think who's just got such authority in their voice in quite a quick time since they've come over is um, Elias. Yeah, I think the way yeah. he d- addresses everyone at the start is so good, and the who wants to walk with Elias just sounds sounds also, wonderful. And I think he's really got a good has the best sad face yeah. in the entire world. Yeah, like just looks so sad. And also all the, time. the best little adorable smirk when he says who wants to walk with Elias, and now people cheer. Yeah, and he's got that little yeah. The Rory I'm, Manchester. I've won you over somehow. I don't know. The Rory Manchester way he wrestled Jason Jordan. Yeah, like. Um, when he came out and he went shall I sing Wonderwall and people were like yeah and he's like I'm not going to do that I've got a better song I've written myself I was so not on board with him at all for such a long time and then and when he got called up I was like why have you I I, I thought it was more likely he'd be released than called up and (laughs) and he has just he's great he's wonderful so here's the thing is almost like a little bit like the point we were making about Drew before some people um, the NXT crowd is very, very different. Just you can smash it on NXT. It doesn't mean you're going to smash it when you get called up to Raw or SmackDown yeah. because it's an entertainment product aimed at people who are flipping channels. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah, it's still aimed at us, but we're wrestling fans. We're going to watch it because yeah. we're wrestling fans. We're not going to yeah. not watch it. Um, the people that you need to hook in are people who aren't necessarily wrestling fans, and he's ideal for an entertainment product over a, a very much wrestling based product. Yeah. I think. Yeah, um, and he's also he's good in the ring as well. Yeah, nothing yeah. wrong he's with him. He's got a great build. He's great built well. He's got. A, yeah, he's so fantastic. Wide. Yeah, looks like a monster. Yeah. Um, going into Survivor Series, there was a lot of there was a lot of changes. Um, yeah. Which actually made me more excited about. I love Survivor Series. Survivor Series was always my second fa- when I was a kid. It was my second favorite pay per view. Mm-hmm. My favorite was Royal Rumble. Rumble yeah. The second was Survivor Series because you had all the Survivor Series matches, matches, which we don't yeah. have as much anymore. Um, I don't. I've said this before. I'm not a massive fan of of the whole Raw versus SmackDown dynamic because everyone knows it's still the same company. We all work for the same yeah. company. I don't. It, it's like being at a football team. It's like if you play for a football team and you having a rivalry with the the under twenty three squad or something like that. Like you're all still employed by the same people. It's yeah. it, it, to me that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but they pulled it off. They, like, did. they did the Under Siege thing fantastically. The Under Siege thing made that much more interesting than yeah, it's been in previous as fantastically years. as they did it, they also, um, my gosh, don't they just know it? Because they just replayed that so much. I, I've, I, I, re- I love the Under Siege thing. And by the actual event, I was like, I can't wait to not see the Under Siege <laughs> thing again. Because they did it so well, but they really knew how well they did it. It was just constant. Yeah. Here's a highlight. And, Here's a highlight. And so there was various changes going into it. Women's title switched hands on SmackDown from Natalia to Charlotte Flair. Um, AJ Styles beat Jinder Mahal at a show we happened yeah. to be at in Manchester, which was, again, I did not see that coming. I was like, oh, there's been loads of twists and turns in WWE over the last month that I've gone, even me, jaded, cynical, <coughs> 30 years of being a wrestling fan, went, oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. And it meant that going into it, I was more excited yeah. about it than than I've been for a WWE pay-per-view and I, I always love watching wrestling and I'm never going to stop loving it but I was way more excited about this as a pay-per-view than I've been for one in a long time yeah. I mean Jet- as an example on. the gender switch nothing nothing uh, against gender at all but the gender switch made that match infinitely more exciting mm. to the majority of people didn't it yeah. the yeah. dynamic of AJ Styles against Brock Lesnar is far more 
fascinating. So I read the dynamic of Jim Book. I read on the internet people going, yeah, but they've done it to sell tickets. But Survivor Series was sold out. Survivor Series always sells out. Mm. It was long since sold out, mm. so they didn't do it to sell tickets, and they're not doing it to sell pay per views anymore because you have the network. Like they don't, you, you don't need to hotshot stuff to sell pay per views anymore because you've got the audience already. Everyone already subscribes to the network. I think quite a lot of it was just where they they looked at it and went, "How can we? This show's probably going to be good. How can we make this show excellent and have have much more interest in it?" And I think that's why they made those decisions. And as a wrestling fan, I look at it and go, "Good work, everybody." You know, switching the tag titles made sense because it yeah. actually set up it set up one six man match and it made gave us a different dynamic in the tag team match that we got that was excellent. Yeah, so much there's, cool stuff. There's two things I I think there. One, j- just quickly because I'm the only one unassociated who could just talk as a fan but the under siege backstage thing the other backstage thing I've seen recently that just blew me away was the Ginny and Dahlia Black backstage segment that one, that's one that two of my different mates s- 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 sent me even though I would have obviously seen it anyway because it was just it was amazingly real and that's it had the same vibe as, as the way under siege had where they, yeah. they did it so well it didn't feel any they're pretending it was just brutal and yeah and there happens to be that. a camera there rather yeah. than yeah there completely itself. and that was they just the two girls just smashed that because that <laughs> looked horrific it was amazing but the other thing that came to mind was uh, with the gender change it felt s- similar to the uh, uh, releasing of Ellsworth uh, recently where m- my reaction to both of them was like I'm not that that mad about that those switch but also the initial thing was like how fucking great have they done like mm-hmm. g- g- gender when even on here there was all. It's probably a transitional thing, and he's done fucking brilliantly yeah. in that role, and, and and to elevate everything. Um, and, and same with Ellsworth, who was that release, and it's like that's cool. He might come back at some point, but everyone's reaction I saw online, no one was like, oh, unla- or aggressive or mean in any way. They're all like, wow, look at that. He Lived was brought dream. into job to yeah. to Strowman, and he's turned that into a six month. Yeah. working pay-per-views yeah. um, and doing all these you know doing big things it's like so he's I mean he's, dude's probably paid his mortgage off yeah do you know what I mean and good Plus on he's him. just made for life now isn't he do you yeah. know what I mean because he's he's, he's, he's had merch superstar. that's gone crazy as well yeah also um, met him about six seven months ago he's a really nice bloke yeah. like, and, and, and constantly knew he was in a position of I can't believe this has happened. It wasn't sitting there going, yeah, I'm a big star now. It was like, this could end any day. Do you know what? I'm going to enjoy it. And and that made me, uh, when he got released, I was like, I'm sad for him. But at the same time, you know, good for him. He lived his dream for a year. It's also fantastic. Through social media, it's given me one of my favourite, in my mind, fantasy odd odd couple a reality series of just seeing him and, 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 and Shinsuke constantly going surfing together and going they seem to be really good mates and there's Shinsuke will always put post pictures of, of him and Ellsworth going down the beach and stuff like that it's like what a wonderfully strange pairing hang on is that based in reality that, that's happened yeah that's that's happened like on social media there's, there's been a, a few times oh, they wow. obviously both surf and when they get an opportunity they go surfing together <laughs> um, like, wonderful imagine how Ellsworth feels that he's like I'm on WWE and I'm surfing with yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura on my day off. Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Um Shinsuke. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. See? Good work. What a team. Um so we have three matches on uh, the pre show which we'll cover really quickly. Um uh, Elias and Matt Hardy. Um I saw people tweeting about this going, Oh, there's loads of empty seats. Yeah. It's two hours before the show starts. Yeah. I barely opened the door. So yeah. we because we were at um we were at SummerSlam and we got there 
we got there maybe half an hour after the doors had opened yeah. and we missed a match yeah and we're like, Hardys, I was so sad <laughs> and, and we got in and was like oh this is this is you know it, it's quite empty in here but they've got to start filming and, and what got me was sort of fans who were going oh it's a bit empty in there isn't it yeah of course it is the doors have only just opened you can't criticise the yeah. fact that people aren't instantly in their seats they're the same people the same fans who go but New Japan's the greatest thing in the world the Tokyo Dome show is never full until the last four matches people just rock up when they want some people don't watch the undercard at all and, in Japan and also the the, 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 the the easy proof that it's worthwhile is that you're watching it to see it's a bit empty yeah, <laughs> but yeah. that was worth putting on there wasn't it if you're, if you're watching it they've done it's done it's job you were, you were yeah. tuned in two hours early yeah it's a bit empty but They've got the network. They've yeah. got people in there. That's the point of yeah, these things. Yeah, yeah. And in one case, it will come to in a minute. The pre-show worked in the favour of character development of a couple of people. So yeah. um, <coughs> we had Enzo Amore versus Callisto um, for um, uh, the cruiserweight title. Um, I really, I, I said this to you the other week. I really, I love Callisto, and I really want to book Callisto versus Flamita in a ludicrous luchadors who if you watch Lucha Libre some Lucha Libre is really slow so if you mm. watch it in Mexico it's a lot more choreographed and a lot slower right. um, I remember watching Callisto in Dragon Gate USA in 2012 and being blown away by how good he was because he was very American in style rather yeah, than very yeah. Mexican um, and the reason I love Flamita so much is he's very Japanese in style he still does the Lucha Libre stuff but he wrestled mm. in Dragon Gate which is a lot faster and a lot more hard hitting um, and I just love to put them together because I just think it would be did they ever wrestle ridiculous. before? I don't think the they ever have Flamita had never really wrestled on outside of Mexico or Japan until he came to wrestle for us and then he wrestled for PWG. Yeah. So he'd never really done anything else. And Lucha Underground. But um, Callisto had... Has, uh, I went to watch that Dragon Gate show a week after our first ever show because I was in Miami for WrestleMania. And I think he got signed a couple of months after that. So we yeah. never really got a chance to see him again when he was still Sami Idol's song. Yeah, we tried, we, tried like, to, we tried to get him for something in the May of that year. Yeah, and he'd and gone. He'd gone. Yeah. yeah, he'd done like UK Indies and he'd done everywhere, hadn't he? That's yeah. why I thought he may have wrestled. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what I really like in this match was um, the really subtle unsheathing of a turnbuckle cover. So, the actual turnbuckle, not the corner pad, the turnbuckle cover, and Enzo pulling that off and using that to win a match. Because I don't think I've seen. Mm. I've, you've seen people just hit themselves on the tiny little ring in the corner where the ropes are threaded through. Yeah, and you think, yeah. why would that hurt? The actual turnbuckle, that'd hurt. Yeah, you know, so um, so I, I I kind of how did he get him onto the? I they were on the apron, so they were on the apron, uh, and he tripped okay. him and he headbutted the the turnbuckle in the uh, in the corner. Um, and then the last match of the of the pre-show was uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens against Breezango. Sami Zayn's entrance as an absolute arrogant dickhead is one of the funniest things I've seen in forever. It's fantastic. The way he walks up the steps now. Yeah. into the ring like he went from um because obviously there's reports they've not been around for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and they come back and i was i was thinking oh they've given them microphones okay good um <laughs> let's see how this goes and they like sammy zane being a di- and also sammy zane's characters kevin owens is the quiet i hate everybody mm. uh i want to kill everybody character whereas sammy zane's constantly going He's he's the equivalent of someone in a, an old film going, and yeah, boss. That's what he's yeah. doing all the time. He's just completely. Going, you tell him, boss. That's yeah. that's Sammy Zayn's character. Now he's going. You tell him, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. You tell him, and it makes you hate him. Completely. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, I I completely. 
I, I lost interest in, in in Sammy again, not having the history of him up, yeah. up on indie side. So only you know, and I just think he's fantastic now. He's an absolute highlight. I, I, I mentioned to you at the last progress on on one of the roars when he's in the ring getting a dress down, and then Kevin Owens' music hits, and he's not got a mic, but just before it cuts away, you see him go. It's Kevin, just, just with a big <laughs> smile on his face, and you see him just say that. And I was like, "That was the best thing of, of that road." So just smile, huge. Go, it's Kevin. I was like, "Yes, yes, <laughs> brilliant." Um, also, what I love, I love it when <laughs> Kevin Owens uh, gets a reaction to something, <coughs> and then so the, the famous one was when he was in, uh, I think their match in Tokyo, with uh, him and Finn Balor. Mm. Um, so first of all, there's all the there's the giving the flowers and he throws the flowers. There's all yeah. the streamers. He gets rid of the streamers, and then there's a bit where they're really cheering for something. He just puts a chin lock on for three yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I properly love that side to him. Yeah. What yeah. I love is is he does this thing where he's got the microphone. And everyone's like, "Is this wise?" And he gets the microphone and he 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 says, uh, "It's Houston. It's, it's this arena. I won my first Intercontinental title." And everyone's like, yeah. And he goes, it's this arena where I won my uni- the Universal title. Yeah. And they all cheer. And he goes, shut up. They were my moments, not yours. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Just bravo. Yeah. Good work. It's exactly what yeah, you should he's do. He's a great, horrible guy. So good. The Sammy and Kevin stuff is really good, isn't it? Because, like, I guess you just said that you didn't, re- you don't really have the background. I, I, I knew of the history, of the but I didn't have the the, the the matches. It's kind of cool when they have stuff where they have they've put enough, they've invested enough. TV story into it that yeah. the the storyline and their involvement with one another like they'll forever be best friends or bitter yeah. enemies um, still makes sense to someone who's not but it'll always mean more and be more significant to people who have invested 10-15 years of following them yeah. in it do you know what I mean yeah, so yeah, it'll, always, it'll always mean more to them yeah. but they've invested enough story on TV in it yeah. that it still makes sense yeah, completely. to normal people it's like like bands and, and, and normal people, normal people. <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's like ba- bands and bands and stuff do it and, and, and television shows do it and things where, where you have something which is like which is funny and entertaining and good for just an, an an average person watching it, oh, yeah. Marvel, Ma- the Marvel Universe is a prime yeah. example. Of yeah. it. Marvel Universe always tend to make a, <laughs> a movie which is entertaining for everyone. But if you're obsessed and you it follow the whole thing, little, yeah. then it'll be more entertaining yeah. to you. They 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 they're beautifully done. F- feud on NXT was essentially a previously on Sammy and, yeah. and Kevin Owens <laughs> yeah. to to bring everyone up to date on. Yeah, yeah, here yeah, we yeah. go, and now we can have them on the main roster. And exactly. So on and so forth. Yeah. yeah. Forever destined to be together. Yeah, um, we try and book progress like that a little bit, where everything makes sense just within the context of the show, or in the last couple of shows. But like makes there's, more there's sense. loads of stuff in the back catalogue that will feed into yeah what's happening there. I love that. Yeah, it doesn't happen with everything, but happens with some people. Some people happen to might be in this room. Yeah, true. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, the, the match itself was, I mean. A, there was part of me was like, I'm pretty sad I might win this because yeah. of recent, and and I, I I, I enjoyed the match. I like Brizango's act a lot. I think it's great, he's funny as fuck, um, and just the whole the whole thing of I think it's just someone, it, it it's the whole sort of Anchorman sort of naked gun feel of yeah. everything they do is really 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 funny. Um, again, it feels again 
are like a team have been given a not that great gimmick or opportunity have gone let's go 110% on this yeah, and yeah, really turn it into it something great. great it feels like ev done it. every line is a joke you yeah. just have to look for it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Really every, every visual gag on the notice board every everything on the shelf yeah. everything that they're wearing everything was a joke yeah that's wonderful to see isn't it when people are given something which maybe at first you'd be like oh that's such a crutch and they're like okay we're going to turn this into the best thing ever yeah. we're going to turn this into literally the yeah the, like the coolest thing yeah, yeah. on the roster I, I, I was sad when was it Smackdown there wasn't a fashion files yeah like genuinely they sad. do it great but I know I got to see an AJ Styles title win I got to see the first world title switch outside of North America in the history of WWE but however <laughs> I did not get to yeah. see a fashion files they're in London they could have done a great fashion files yeah. it's a fashion North America center. and Canada right yeah, they did a switch in Canada. No, that's what I mean. North America, the continent of North yeah, America. Yeah. yeah. Um. So uh, onto the show, main show itself. Um, also, I like did like the foreshadowing that um, Owens and Zayn might turn up later on um, uh, with their promo, just about how slighted they feel about Shane. Oh, uh, they did put that over that they, that oh, they yeah. might rock. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> opening match, uh, six man tag, New Day versus the Shield. Um. Starting off again with good promo work, Kofi Kingston talking about his huge dangling uh, paws in and then saying guts. And, and everyone going, oh, he didn't say balls. We wanted him to say balls. And just Big E going, PG, that right? PG. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little asides that they say They're and the really it, nerdy yeah. references that Xavier puts in yeah. are really 100%. cool. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of those are a bit whoosh over my head. but uh, yeah. Um, also, I like the fact that New Day put over the fact that they're a unit who trust each other and have never split up mm. in their pre-match promo, as opposed to the Shield, who and they just kept saying, "Does one of you just one of you just screw the others over at some point?" Mm. And I really like that because it it helped them. Because if you look at it just based on star power, you'd go, "Well, the Shield are going to annihilate." Them. Yeah, they don't and that's not that, what yeah. happened because they got over the whole they're a better team than the Shield aesthetic, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Um, and the opening sort of exchange between Roman Reigns and Big E you, again it's this thing of a very old school reaction of people going oh I want to see the two big lads go at it yeah. which I really like because big lad yeah. wrestling is awesome um, yeah. and they're both big lads who have grown to be really good at wrestling mm. as well who have started off as kind of just the big lads with limited moves and have become really good in ring so yeah, yeah. And I, like I know this is something that we bang on about all the time about people booing Roman Reigns because I, I don't if you don't like someone, fine. I, but the level of vitriol he gets on the internet when yeah. he's dead good at his job, looks the part, is good at his job, um, puts his body on the line all the time, yeah. and seems a decent human being. The, but it's great, though, isn't it? I don't think I don't think the like I don't I don't think WWE be mind at all. Mm. Like it's it's way past baby faces and heels now. It's way more characters, and yeah. it's like they have some kind of issue that that Cena gets a. Gets like a, a dueling reaction. No, they don't. They love it's the great. fact that Cena it's gets really a dueling handy. reaction. Yeah. In fact, nowadays, <coughs> lots of people are desperate to get Cena-esque reactions. Yeah. You're actively seeking that dueling reaction that Cena gets every time he's out there. Yeah. Like same yeah. thing for Roman. Now Roman can be this like cool person that just gets like viscerally booed on all the big mm. shows, and like it was cool back in the late 90s when Hitman did the Canadian thing mm -hmm. and he was booed by everyone and then when he showed up in Britain or Canada he got these massive mm. baby face reactions yeah. it's cool when people aren't just like 
cookie cutter yeah the thing that excited me the most about the shield a reunion though was there was that period where it did feel that if they turned roman it'd be perfect everyone who hated him would be kind of happy with it because they they, it was having good matches but they felt it was wrong and then it got past that it's like if they turn him now they're going to hate it anyway because they're going to feel they've turned him too late and they're just not going to be happy roman breaking up the shield would be a hell of a way to turn him heel and get it properly and get it done so that kind of excitement of like him being the one to turn on the guys and all that at some point yeah. I thought yeah. would be wonderful down the line to have that to make him properly booed f- for good reason and all that or taking control of the booze I guess mm. if, I just if they his, chose to I love that mentality of isn't like he's had a few lines that have just been I'm not a bad guy I'm not a good guy I'm the guy yeah and that thing where like he just got booed for 15 well, minutes. Well, as you said, that bit on Raw, that's still one of my highlights. <laughs> yeah, but, so we were there, yeah. and and I was nudging John going, this is the best thing I've ever, ever seen. It 10 was minutes absolutely of him fantastic. And he nailed it as still. well. He nailed it with just the going to and all the pausing and then just saying, my yard now, and dropping the mic and walking off was like, that's like a wondrous thing Amazing. about pro wrestling as well. You ever think about like pro wrestling when like someone who has never watched it before watches it? There's so many things which crowds go absolutely mental for. Where if you'd never seen it before, you'd just be so confused. <laughs> You're like, what is going on? Why is everyone? He's just standing yeah. there. Why it's is everyone losing though. their and minds? Again, it's it's really in this last year. Again, he's really he's removed any reason for people to criticise him as we've said for a long time he's had really good matches so people have then started to go yeah but his mic works or his promo's not good that was one of the best promos of the year another one was him and Cena in one of the best promos of the year so it's like he's not always on point with it and it still takes time but you can't say anymore oh he's rubbish on the mic or this or that it's like he's got all of it now he's was the crowd invested in the six man so like I said earlier this is the one which I had to watch on mute because we were in the, <laughs> we were we were in a hospital waiting uh, emergency waiting area, and as a result, there were a few spots which didn't quite come off, and because I was watching it on mute, I couldn't tell if that had really affected the match. And the crowd just so I thought afterwards. the match was great because the crowd was super up for it. Yeah, and, and the they reason were. the crowd was super up for it was I, I again I expected the Shield to dominate it. They made it much more fifty. <laughs> And there was times when you genuinely thought that New Day were going to win, yeah. like the the um, uh, the double midnight hour that they did, yeah, um, yeah. which was awesome. See, yeah. all I could see on that was him trying to pick Ambrose up on the right side and then readjusting and picking him up on the left yeah. side yeah. to get rates because he had to get two yeah. guys up, yeah. right? But that was because it was on mute. Yeah, We're, and I, I I kind of as I was watching, I was yeah, like, I bet you this, I bet yeah. you this match is great. Yeah on volume yeah yeah, oh, yeah. I, bet, I bet you with an audience and engaged in this, but that, this that bit that you're talking about that's a little, that little sequence there I, it looks to me like something had gone wrong like, yeah. like someone had forgotten where they were meant to be yeah. or no it's just picking someone up the wrong way because you yeah. used to do it yeah. someone was just standing there doing nothing for a minute and yeah, yeah just yeah. waiting but, but it, yeah it, I think it, didn't, that, it didn't hurt it massive when the sound on it didn't hurt yeah. it really and um, I like the fact they had to they had to kill Kofi Kingston to win the match yeah. they had to legit murder him yeah, in order to win because if and they're I mean, kicking out of a double version of their finisher, then they need to do a super duper version of their. And finisher. I enjoyed that moment and and that element which I've not I, I really seen where Seth was saying, "Finish this," and they did kind of in a panic run round and just take them out in as brutal a <clears> way as possible to do that kind of. Well, we need to stop them being able 
to come and stop debris. Which, which again, you don't see too much. It always seems like they've just happened to bump into people or whatever. But yeah. that 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 running around the outside to hunt them down, to take them out as far away from where the pin yeah. is going to take place as possible. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is. They both put a lot. Of, both tactics. teams put a lot of effort into when they're doing triple team moves to do those cool triple tags. Like, yeah, I'll tag in. Yes, I'll, yes, tag yes. in. I'll tag in. Now we got five seconds of all three of us, right? Brilliant. Yeah. Those are the rules. I noticed that. Yeah, so like that's a, that's a really cool thing to do. Rather yeah, than I didn't just, oh, we'll just do one tag. It, it's something I'd never noticed before as well mm. until that match, and I was like, oh, that's really smart. Yeah. Really smart. Um, next up, we had the uh, women's roster uh, Raw versus SmackDown five on five Survivor Series match. Now, um, I I feel so. When they do the entrances for these things, I'm always like, who gets the biggest entrance? Yeah, that's probably gonna. And it, Asuka got the biggest entrance. Yeah, Asuka was the star of the match. Yeah. Um, um, I'd so I'd written a couple of things. I'd written Asuka got the big entrance. Uh, Alicia Fox's hat and general insanity. I'd written. Um, and then I'd written this sentence. So we're about a minute and a half, two minutes into the match. I'd written, huh? If during the Divas era, this would just be a load of roll-ups in three minutes. Yeah. Uh, a three minute long match and I wrote that just as Becky Lynch was rolled up and pinned yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, however I do think having the shock of that did make because the match still went a fair, a fair amount of time yeah, yeah. you know and but it kind of made you go oh the captain of one side has been eliminated by a roll and a good roll it wasn't a lazy yeah, roll up it was no, a good lot of leverage roll up um, but um, then everyone just looked really really good in it again there was no one who felt out of place in it, it was, everyone it was, Fantastic, and in the lead up to this, I think <coughs> Alicia Fox has just been the MVP of the women. After feeling like she's just floating for so long, I think she's just been absolutely fantastic. Her in her, is nuts. That's really it's brilliant. Good. It's really she she plays, but that was the thing for ages. They kind of had her as a bit nuts, but didn't really have her wrestling that much. And then when they put her in the ring, you remember she's probably the longest on the roster, oh, like, yeah. other than Natty, right? Yeah, I would imagine that is probably the longest run. Yeah. yeah. So other than yeah. uh, so, she's been doing this a long time. So suddenly she's got she's been doing the character for ages as someone's crazy girlfriend or whatever else, but not really having much much ring yeah. time. And now it's like, all oh, right, she can go as well and yeah. add that to the crazy character in the ring, which it's unique because because no one else is doing that, and that's what's always exciting. And I think it's where the women's division sometimes feels a little bit like it's not got quite as much focus on it from that planning point of view is there's not as much variation in character as there is well, in, in the men's I know there's a lot more well, my, my main problem men's, with women's wrestling in, as, as a whole both in the Divas era and, and now we've got fantastic women's wrestlers is yeah. the amount of mean girls characters there are Yeah, that that yeah. seems to be a default a default heel character yeah. is to be mean girls Yeah, and it's mean girls and, and just a, aren't they a good athlete yeah aren't they a good legitimate athlete it's like that's great but they can be a good legitimate like, athlete and like, a character as well it can be you can have I like more Bailey's to character yeah, yeah because there's, awesome. there's more there's more to her and, and and it's it's difficult to put down pin down what the more to her is but she just feels a sidestep at least there's something else there yeah. Yeah. with Alicia Fox yeah. I remember I think you were with me we went to a Smackdown or a Raw years ago at the O2 and she was doing the whole thing where she's coming out and drinking people's drinks, yep. walking around, like climbing on the on the wall. She had three weeks and she was batshit. Yeah. yeah, and and it, it was, was and it was so over. Yeah. So, people were like, "Yes, her." Because she's if you're going to have a gimmick, throw yourself into it. You yeah. know what I mean? And, she, and then for some reason, it just kind of went away. Yeah, um, it's a good it's a good example of matching it because like clearly the <laughs> the booking, or I guess, is 
get Asuka over. Yeah. <laughs> um, like portray Asuka's stuff, which one hundred percent did. Like yeah. everyone just wanted to see. And was Asuka. a re- and was a relief as well because there's been a lot of NXT call ups where they've been so hot on NXT and then they kind of and it's a get a slow loop. push and a bit of a build. So it was so great. Well, it was like, like imagine are they gonna are they gonna and then they did and it was like yes. Imagine that's... if she'd been pinned in this. Yeah. That that'd be a weird way to get. Rid but they of it. managed to. What was good is they managed to. They managed to get her up as the big star without really hurting anyone. Nobody. Really no one I, I enjoyed the Nia Jax count well, out. Well, everyone I, just I wrote, everyone piling in on her repeatedly, and then her not having to look weak anywhere. Well, just so she was kept away. The Undertaker debuted at Survivor Series, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. and he got eliminated by count out. Right, because yeah. it would be absolutely unbelievable. He got eliminated by count out by being distracted and beating someone up for so long. That, yeah. I think it was Dusty Rhodes that he got he got counted out, and that was the only realistic way to have him be eliminated. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, he had to beat everybody because he was a huge undead monster. Mm. Um, and it would have been the way they eliminated Strowman if Strowman hadn't. Been yeah, involved. that was ex- exactly. It. With Strowman in that match, the more anyone else was being eliminated, I just couldn't something. Well. Raw have to win then because yeah. he's still there. And if they, if you've not got four or five on the other team, you can't, yeah, you can't eliminate lose, him. Yeah. And particularly yeah. when it was down to the older guys in the. It's, I was like, well, no, you can't. I also like you can't eliminate him. <laughs> I like that the fans were so excited about seeing Tamina and Nia Jackson in the ring together. Yeah, like every tall. time they got in the ring, people were like, yes. You know, Tamina, Tamina looked pretty small compared to Nia Jackson, though, right? Yeah. Like Tamina comes it's across tough, like a big lady in mm. a lot of her segments on. On TV and stuff, but compared to Naya, she's small. Yeah, Naya's big. But they big need to girl. be on on big different girl. shows, which they are for for her character to work. I think, and it, it does feel unfortunate that Tamina was doing pretty cool in that character, and then they brought Naya in, who's a bigger version of a similar character yeah, of yeah, just yeah, that yeah. brooding. I'm the 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 muscle of the team kind of thing. I think we have to give a shout out to Carmella's soul, which was kicked out of her by Asuka at one point <laughs> yeah. in this match. Yeah. Um, that's one of the best kicks I've ever seen. Yeah, just uh, the one that she pinned her with just kicked her head off. Yeah, wonderful, so good. Um, S O U L L E S S. Thanks, Foley. Thanks, beautiful. Mate. You had that song stuck in your head for I have, yeah. quite some time for the last three weeks. Yeah, last three weeks. Um, next up, uh, Intercontinental Champion versus US Champion, uh, The Miz versus uh, Barry Corbin. Um, Another one I watched on mute. How did the crowd take to this? Because it's heel heel, right? Or did Miz just de facto be a babyface? It, it's weird. It was, it was heel heel. The the Miz. So they did a bit of build with Corbin riling Miz, sort of via Maurice. Yeah. So he, at one point, he, Maurice in the crowd, so he blows a kiss to her at one point, and and it. The Miz has been acting like a babyface, kind of leading up to it by with the whole "you stay away from my wife." Yeah. Because that is. That's a, a very baby yeah, thing to do. However, at the same time, he's got outside interference. Yeah. So it's weird in that they were both yeah. a little bit here, a little bit face. Um, crowd, the crowd were into it. The crowd, the, you know, they the, there was pretty much fifty-fifty dueling chance for both the Miz and Corbin. Um, and Corbin, Corbin wins. And at the end, when he does his little promo, um, he basically, he basically just cunts off everybody <laughs> and yeah. he just leaves and yeah. you're like oh good work good work um, just in case anyone was thinking about cheering him because I brought this up with you you love his music I love his you music you love Barry's theme music at the minute yep. and I think it's really babyface theme music yeah, it's, it's it's babyface music right. it's not shouty and loud enough to be a heel music yeah. it's, it's melodic too, it's too melodic and it sounds a bit like Christian rock I, 
I, um, I, I really enjoyed how like Evanescence also called End of Days Maurice kind of was there but not as Maurice she yeah. was there as the Miz's pregnant wife Mrs. like, like she wasn't Mizzou. being Maurice and being out she was in the crowd yeah. and yeah, being very crowd, right? quiet <laughs> and wasn't as made up and as dressed up and all that kind of thing it's like that was clearly a th- it felt a thing of because if she's Maurice she's been built so much as a heel yeah no one's going to care if he's yeah. shouting at her. That's what you do to Maurice. That's that's the role. The baby faces argue with Maurice. So I thought that was quite a nice little interesting touch of just going, well, kind of forget. Just It's just it's the wrestler's wife. Kind of is a bit of a, uh, a suspension of disbelief. I like that because they had to follow a match with a lot of eliminations, a lot of people hitting their finishes. Yep. I like that they went to some good old-fashioned psychology with this. And, mm. and uh, Baron Corbin's a big lad, so what you do, you target his leg. And, and going after his leg all the time was I thought was really cool he kept, and Corbin's selling of the leg even walking back up the ramp which is something that some people forget to do yeah. like what have you been targeted the entire match you're not instantly healed when the mm-hmm. bell rings and the amount of people who forget that and his selling of it was really really good I also love my favourite thing with uh, so I used to love the big boss man the yeah. slide in the slide, slide out. in slide out thing that he does if you've ever yeah. seen if you've never seen videos of big boss man when he had a brief run in all Japan in the early 90s some of the stuff he was doing there was yeah. nuts. The sliding, because he, he was so athletic for a big dude, and and it's Boston the same with slide in, slide out. So cool. Yeah. Corbin does it really good, and they did it a couple of times, right? Because he did it, and then he biffed the guy on the floor instead yeah. of sliding right back in and uh, and biffed him. Well, we watched um, watched a couple of WWE house shows where he was wrestling Callisto, Sin Cara, the Sin Cara, sorry, and um, and he was doing, and he was doing like three or four of them a match. And because Sin Cara is really athletic as well, it was just it was it, the whole dynamic of it was really really so, smart. And and you look at it and go, oh, he's athletic for a big bloke. And then you remember, he used to play in the NFL. Yeah. He's yeah, a, yeah. And he was he was a lot heavier. He was a hundred pounds heavier when yeah. he was in the NFL. Mm. So um, yeah, he was massive. He's a big dude. Miz was great too, right? Yeah. Miz that, just is great. Did that really good counter of end of days where he back flipped out of it? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was lovely. Tricky. Yeah, that was man. really good. Miz is Miz is quality. Miz is just a, he's he's really I and mean, we bang on about it a lot on this podcast about how good he yeah. is at his job I'd like to see Miz do the I, Intercontinental title for a bit I'd genuinely like to see Miz in the world title picture again because yeah. I think he's over enough to be in that picture mm-hmm. as a proper dickhead heel he could yeah. well find himself there though, right? he's a total if anything he's a little bit like one of those guys who uh, he's such a utility man Yeah, he might not ever be like the big, Paul the big star for a, and, for, a, for a number of years just because you can put him anywhere yeah, and, he'll make and, it work and right? having had those match of the year performances with Ziggler in recent history <coughs> kind of, you know you're going to be able to trust him in the big matches as yeah. well not just his mm. promo not just his build he can go in and have a hell of a match as well for me this was the first point in the show where the brand versus brand thing slightly took me out of it because it just don't sit the heel versus heel yeah. which means that someone someone in this case both of them slightly change up their character yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. which doesn't do either of them a huge f- amount of favours yeah. I don't I think um, and then it happened again in the tag match hmm. where the Usos came out nominally as baby faces yeah. uh, with a bit of a promo but uh, I always like the, uh, the the one thing I do like about it is like ECW used to do this a lot where they'd have a pay per view where their story's gone into the pay per view, but there is a story arc from start to end of the pay per view 
and like Deadly Games, the Survivor series, is a really good example. Mm-hmm. Of like, there's a story, there's a definite story from the beginning of the pay per view to the end of the That's the 1998 one, yeah, which is, which is wrestling wise, not great, storyline wise, absolutely unbelievable. Ah, it's exceptional, yeah. yeah. And to, and and when they at least with this year's, with the I know what you're saying about the Raw and SmackDown thing, but at least with this year's, they made a big deal of like the scoreline and stuff mm-hmm. yeah. do you know what I mean you, it was constantly about updating, everything yeah, was yeah. about Raw vs Smackdown there was no non-Raw vs Smackdown matches on the pay-per-view itself so everything was about this which is the which is the superior brand mm-hmm. and if you can suspend your disbelief of like the okay we both we all know that they're it's getting it's three the all it's the same company we all yeah. know it's getting three oh, okay. all and you know what I mean then it's still quite a cool dynamic of yeah. like one company against yeah. another sort of thing yeah um John just mentioned the, the tag match, which was uh, the Bar versus the Usos. Um, both of them ostensibly heels. Again, going from our experience of watching house shows a couple of weeks ago, the Usos act like heels, but are absolutely super cheered everywhere because they're properly cool as fuck. Yeah. Like we were talking about when we first started choosing like Joe, we were like, let's just make them badasses, and yeah. then they did, and we were like, yeah. yeah. And, and it's been awesome ever since. And we said, make Jinder champ. And we said, <laughs> yeah, make Naomi you, champ. It's yeah. just that they, they listen they to them. They listen to us. <laughs> it's, um, it's been really demanding this for a while. Sign Eddie Dennis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, where's the Welsh fan? <laughs> How are we doing? Uh, so <laughs> Hit me up. Um, <laughs> again, the, 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 the face heel dynamic wasn't really there, but the Usos just did their same gimmick as normal and they're going to get cheered because they're the Usos. Yeah. And the same way that... Um, I was thinking about this. Remember when they first put Sheamus and Cesaro together and Cesaro would play up and get cheered and Sheamus would play up and get yeah. booed? Yeah. Whereas now, I think Sheamus has got exactly the same amount of respect. Maybe slightly less than Cesaro, but the crowd are like, no, he's dead good as well. Yeah. Oh, they love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're two tag teams I really, really like watching. Yeah. And if you think about how many good matches both teams have had yeah. this year, they've really been nailing it. Like, yeah. really, really nailing it. And I think the the changed the changed up version of the Usos is so much more interesting than the you know the face painted ones who just shouted into the audience quite a lot and they were clearly good at what they did but this surly dickhead version of the Usos is so cool the back end of this is is exquisite isn't Mm. it like the last like the super kick party and then that dive tag yeah that is is incredible yeah Nail the guy, dive tag so he's on the apron so he can climb straight up to do his big splash. Yeah, just that was a wonderful, wonderful spot, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that was great. And and it's nice because I think both both com- both companies, both shows have decent tag team divisions, mm-hmm. so there's nothing. But it's nice to have that. Oh, we're not going to get to see these guys wrestle each other yeah. for the next year potentially. So yeah. let's let's at least make the most out of it now. But I did think. The ending sequence was. I, I think that this suffered a little bit in the first couple of minutes of people were like, well, we know both these teams can have really good tag matches, so this needs to be nuts. And the same the same thing that we, we have at main events of progress. The first five minutes of nearly every main event we've had in progress in the last two years, the fans have nowhere been nowhere near as loud as they have for the rest of the show because they're like, well, it's the main event. It's about nearly always fantastic. a title match. It's probably going to be dead good. Nut stuff's going to happen, but we'll probably save ourselves. Yeah. And it, it's weird yeah. that people do react like that. Whereas yeah. mid-card matches True. have a much easier time of, of being able to establish themselves. But with yeah. this, I think the fans expect it to be nuts. And yeah. it delivered on it being nuts towards the end. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, <coughs> I, um, I think I think Seamus and Cesaro are great. Absolutely great. I'd like them to sort their entrance out. 
I don't mean the the excellent blinding white light with mm. the camera walking around them. I mean when they put their thumbs out. Like, do you guys know what I mean? Yeah, when they do that. When they do, yeah. The, the pose that's on the front of their t-shirt. Yes. Yeah. It's never quite in sync. Do you know, like, like the yeah. star is always lower <laughs> yeah. than Sheamus. I've I'd, I'd like them to sort that You'd out. You'd like them to come out with a spirit level. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. No, good or right. a bar. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. Nice work. Um, uh, title versus title again next. Uh, yeah. Alexa Bliss versus the, as of this week, new women's SmackDown champion, Charlotte Flair. Um, it, I think it gave the match a bigger feel having Charlotte in it instead of Natalia. I, I like Natalia and think she's great, but I think this just gave it a bigger feel. It felt like the yep. two biggest stars on each division were in I the agree. Match. It was a great change. Um, um, I'm very excited for the future to see Alexa Bliss versus Asuka because I think that'd be great. Um, Did Alexa work with Charlotte while she was on SmackDown? Because she switched, right? She was in the brand. I think Charlotte was on Raw. They, oh, they switched yeah, at the they same time. The the, and also, the the story here is that they're, they're the only two women to have held both Raw and SmackDown. Uh, yes, oh, cool. as well. So there's a, there's there's that extra narrative to it. Uh-huh. Um, and and they they were kind of. Charlotte's thing in on the pre-show when they had a kind of interview with Alexa at the desk and Charlotte on a on a screen was saying that you've been running away from me essentially that uh, you, the only reason you've been dominant is because you've, you've always, always gone where I'm not. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That was good. I think. I mean, they're both so over, so ridiculously over. Uh, Alexa's unbelievably popular. If you think. I know women's wrestling is so much better than it, it has been over the last couple of decades, yeah. right? And but if you then it, it's it's one thing to have women's wrestling that is technically as good as men's wrestling. Yeah, it's another thing to have women's stars stars in women's wrestling that are as over as the men. Yeah, and that's completely. the point we're at now. Because I think yeah. Alexa Bliss, if you go to a WWE show, there's a lot of people wearing her merch. Yeah, right. So and that's one of the chief indicators of if you're over or not. Yeah, yeah. Is, are people wearing your merch and a lot of people wear hers yeah. I think she's really over I think Charlotte's really over partly because of her association with, with, with her dad but yeah. also because she's really Marsh good she's really she's very good really yeah. really good and I think Asuka's really over Bailey's yeah. really over yeah. Sasha's really over <coughs> yeah. Yeah. lots of girls really yeah, isn't absolutely and then you yeah. look at um, you know you look, look at NXT Ember's really over mm. um, Kyrie will be really over yeah. Yeah. Oh, the women's division is in NXT is the most it's one of the most exciting things because of all the talent they've 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 teased and brought over with the the, the some, May Young. Some woman called Ronda Rousey there and there yep. apparently. So. <laughs> um, I mean, just speaking of the strength of both a, a women's division, with the addition of the people they've exposed in the May Young Classic and NXT, they talked last year, and I was glad it didn't go ahead. But they talked last year of a women's Royal Rumble. Hmm. This year, that feels like a viable thing, even if it's a pre-show thing. With the amount of May Young classic girls, again, it could be a twenty, but it feels like they've suddenly got in NXT alone. They've got such a wealth yeah. of female talent that is really good and really over. Yeah, it feels like that they could have a X amount or 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 five and five and f- five from NXT, five from SmackDown, five from Raw, and five who were in the May Young classic yeah. who haven't independence. Uh, yeah, independence. Yeah. I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And um, I know they tune in, so I look forward to seeing that yeah. in January. If that happens, uh, copyright, <laughs> copyright, <laughs> Mister S. P. Uh, I think if we go, I, I know when they were talking a bit last year, I was like, no, it's not time for it. There's, it, right. you would literally be using all the women, and that, that doesn't isn't right. Anyone, that doesn't yeah. work. It's, it's, it's everyone in one go. Whereas now well. they can have others who aren't being used, and 
I mean, if they make the Royal Rumble a four-hour pay-per-view or a five-hour pay-per-view, so it was six or six mm. like yesterday was, yeah. with pre-show, no reason you can't do it. Fantastic! Give half an hour of the pre-show to a twenty-person Rumble, yeah. twenty-woman Rumble. But if it's a Royal Rumble, that's so the problem. 30, 30, 30 man Royal Rumbles. I think the shortest one's probably an hour and fifteen. Yeah, well that's but so if you've you got a really short one see, in ninety five where they only did ninety second entrances. Uh, Shawn Michaels goes again, over in it, but if you did stuff last, you there's stuff you can play one. with there. You can do yeah. ninety second, you can do twenty as said and we've again we've got a two hour kickoff. It's the fact that it's the the two hour kickoff, yeah. Give an hour over. Yeah. Everyone will be tuning yeah. into that last hour yeah. of the kickoff if the last hour is the first ever yeah. women's Royal Rumble. Book it. That'd be nuts. Um uh, Charlotte won by submission. I don't think anyone came out of it looking badly. Everyone came out of it looking looking good. Yeah. Both brands and and they needed Charlotte to win so SmackDown would go three two up. Yes. In order to set up the rest of the show. Yeah. Um, it should then have been probably no surprise in Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles <laughs> who won that match. Let's be honest. You probably all predicted Brock Lesnar was going to win yep. anyway. Oh uh, God, it was good. It Still was some great. good falses though. Oh yeah, it absolutely. was fantastic. And it was. It was great, and it it felt different to the rest of the show, in that it felt like a proper scrap. Yeah, it, yeah. everything else, everything else felt like professional wrestling. This felt like a hybrid between somewhere between professional wrestling and, and fight. violence, which is <laughs> yeah. which is the biggest attribute to Brock Lesnar as a performer. His legitimacy. Every yeah. single one of his matches feels completely different to everything else, not just on the product. But in worldwide wrestling in general, mm. there's an air of legitimacy. There's an air of fear, yep. unpredictability. He's such a loose cannon. Yep. You're like, what? What is he gonna do when he shoots behind on someone and 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 gives like? It's, it's not as if people have much choice if he decides to German <laughs> suplex you. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You go in. Uh, <laughs> like, all right, if if AJ is doing it, then he's going to make it look like a million bucks. But like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. He's going regardless. Yeah, uh, it was terrific. It was the best match on the show, I think. Yes, I, I agree. agree. My appreciation for AJ Styles. Uh, I think I've said this on the podcast a few times. When he was in TNA, I knew he was good, but he wasn't my favorite wrestler in the world. Uh, when he was in New Japan, I knew he was good, but there was people in New Japan I preferred. In his time in, in WWE, I've learned to appreciate him a lot better and now appreciate his past before WWE even more. Yeah. Because you just watch him and go, oh, he's wow, he's an absolute machine yeah. in yeah. terms of, of being the ideal professional wrestler on so many levels. What a mesmerizing performer when you consider that he's never really had a long hiatus with injury and the style that he wrestles. Mm. Like, Think about that for a second. Think about how long ago the X Division stuff started yeah. in TNA how long he's wrestled consistently without a significant break mm. and the style that he wrestles and yeah and and how late he came to the WWE and how quickly he's gone to start. again just yeah. that, just as that was starting I was like imagine two years ago AJ wouldn't have thought that he's going to be fighting Brock Lesnar at Survivor, at Survivor Series. Series as a champion versus champ that's mind blowing mm. and it was it delivered yeah I, I still like the fact that they're even though it's <coughs> a big match with a big match feel, you're not kicking out the F5. Yeah. So it's keeping the F5 special for yep. eventually, presumably, at WrestleMania when someone dethrones him and kicks out of it. Yeah. Um, I just want, I want Lesnar to never lose. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I, I love watching him as a wrestling yeah. fan. I, 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 I think he's great. I've got a question that the answer, I need to stress as well to anyone listening, 
the answer isn't actually important. It doesn't devalue okay. anything. But Very much like my English degree. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> answers mattered in my maths degree. I was gonna... They were either right or they were wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like would... a real question. Yeah, my, my degree, no, no wrong answers. Brilliant. I, I would agree this that this was corner. the match of the night. Yeah. Was it better than Brock's match last year, which was Goldberg? Ooh. In the squash. Ooh. That's a good question. Um, and my feeling, I think me and John might agree, because I remember on one of the roundtables, I wasn't on you having that as one. Of, I, I thought that was one of, that's one of my favourite matches in recent years. Because yeah. again, I didn't expect it. And it was, yeah. that was a truly, I know a lot of people were like, oh, that was, a lot of people were grumpy about it, but it got so much in fact, it got more discussion than AJ and Brock is going to get, despite that being the best match. Well, it reset of the wrestling. Night. Yeah, it, because it made everyone go, "Oh shit, you can lose really quickly." And and mm. and they shocked everyone by doing what Goldberg did in ninety percent of his career. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's all he's ever done, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, why did it? it's like ninety? That, that's amazing to trick people with something that's been there the whole time." Yeah, that was I think given the context. Goldberg match is probably yeah. better. I, I, I feel um, that. I, I said, partly, even though I love this, I, I thought yeah. that after that was the thing that came to mind. I was like, wow, actually, I'd, last year was. Partly because the score thing, like yeah. it was obviously it was going to 3 yeah, 3. It was because happening. Because it's wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> it would be amazing if uh, Stars and Wilder just sacked up the Survivor Series match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't need it now, lads. We're What's uh, the point? Yeah. It's 4 2. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right, like a World declared. Series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's first uh, to four. Yeah. It's, not, it's not just a title <laughs> score at the end. It's, oh, okay. Snooker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so yeah, for, yeah, I think in con- oh, my voice has come back. Oh, yeah. there it is. That Hello. was good. There it is. Good work. My right, we'll start the podcast again, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, in context, I think the Goldberg batch was in the context of the the, the show yeah, the, and the, yeah, the, the landscape. Inside, it was yeah. it was probably more important and a better match. But my I would word, argue that, that in I would argue that the word better doesn't work for art in general because yeah. in the moment. Yeah. Goldberg Brock is better. However, AJ Brock has far more replay value. Yeah, so I will sure, go back and sure. watch AJ Brock yeah. a number of times. I that that makes sense. I love that you just put art into it. And, yeah. and it, for That's a how brief deep minute, this question has got. For a brief minute, it genuinely felt like this podcast had become a Radio Four program. Really excited. I can ask a question, I but I need to stress. Yeah. I need to stress the answer isn't important. I mean, uh, let's go. In the context of art, we're four intelligent men. Um, discussing discussing an, an, an art form so you know it works um, next one's hosted by Melvin Bragg right that's how that works <laughs> yes it always sounds like he's got a cold um, oh, I know it will be perfect now on to five men in blue t-shirts against five men in red t-shirts <laughs> so um, let no. me give no. four men in blue t-shirts oh true yeah. Yeah, let me give you a rundown of Cena is apparently a free agent whatever the fuck that and, means but, but but Triple H also just he wore his own red T-shirt, yes. yeah, rather true. than wearing a raw red T-shirt. <laughs> let me uh, let me give you a quick. That's like really subtle school uniform violations, <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> it says the, most, the most rebellious thing you could do at school is wear your tie too short, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's essentially that what Triple H did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is how uh, the five-on-five match went. Uh, so spoilers. If you've got to this point and you haven't noticed this any. <laughs> Grow up. Um, I can't help thinking this should have happened two hours ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nakamura eliminated by Braun Strowman via running power slam. Bobby Roode eliminated by Braun Strowman by running power slam. Uh, Samoa Joe eliminated by John Cena via attitude adjustments. <coughs> Finn Balor eliminated by Randy Orton via RKO. Uh, Randy Orton eliminated by Braun Strowman via power slam. Uh, 
Shane McMahon eliminated. Uh, so hang on, hang on. So I'll get this right. Kurt Angle eliminated by Shane McMahon. Um, technically by a pedigree from Triple H. Uh, Shane McMahon eliminated by Triple H by a pedigree. Braun Strowman and Triple H survive. Raw win Survivor Series. At the end of the match... That's what uh, the shipping forecast. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Uh, Dogger. Um, well, not now. Not now. <laughs> um, at the end of the match, uh, Braun Strowman goes over to Triple H, tells him to not dick around on his watch again. Uh, <laughs> Triple H goes to pedigree Braun Strowman. Strowman powers out of it. Gives him two running power slams. Star of the show is Braun Strowman. Uh, uh, Sammy, uh, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens were also involved during the match. Interfering. Uh, interfering. Against their own brand. Against their own brand, like the scabs that they are. Smoke <laughs> um, the picket line. <laughs> crossing a picket line. Um, uh, so, um, like, it... I think it made sense. that, that I, I, the, the, My favourite bit of the match is Triple H pedigreeing Kurt Angle because... It's his brother-in-law. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's right. my that's my favourite bit of of storytelling in the matches. Oh, so I get that you want one brand to win over the other, but that's family and that's more You're important. You're about to break my brother-in-law's ankle. Yeah, and I, I um, so I, I I did like that. I like the fact as well. There was, I mean, the match went half an hour. There was no eliminations until about twelve minutes in, mm-hmm. and you being eliminated by Strowman does not affect your career in any way mm. because Strowman is an absolute monster. Yeah, um, yeah uh, and the closest thing they've managed to organically make since the Undertaker, I think. Yeah. Um, because Kane was real monster in that. Yeah, 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 I would. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right there. So, so, but he's that level of. Yeah, so you look at him monster. and go, "Well, yeah. no one's beating him." Mm-hmm. He had lost. He'd lost several times. So he's fought Lesnar. Yeah, he lost to Lesnar. Yeah, yeah. In a but you look at it and go, "But he's getting more and more powerful." So whether they build to another him and Lesnar match. Yeah. Um, Sorry, it's like a sort of end of level boss. Yeah, he's he is an end of level boss. <laughs> he's borrowed knee pads off last time. Call back to the very start of the podcast. He's exactly an end of level boss. He's he is because an end of level it, boss he's like if you ever sense. played the video game Final Fight, he's yeah. just one of those big lads who yeah. pile drives you. He's, he's, yeah. Who literally he's, comes in and goes roar at the start, yeah. and then you fight him, and then when he wins, he goes roar, roar, <laughs> roar, roar. roar. But he's, he's an end of level <laughs> boss. I like the great analogy. he's turned babyface as well. Um, what's he done to turn babyface? He's climbed out of a bin van. Yep. And gone raw. A lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But he's, for someone who's relatively new, he's good as well. Good. Like I know, I know he's a big lad, and a lot of it is based on the fact that he's huge. But he's he doesn't ever look out of place. No. He, look, he looks. He seems to have got it very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> that, the the look on his face when he was trying to compute what Triple H had done. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Just a look of total confusion. Like, yeah. He's still best. Yeah. I don't know why, but he still seems to be best placed when there's lots of people involved in the match. Mm. Yeah. So the four-way at SummerSlam was exceptional. It was great. Where yeah. he was just wild and throwing like those yeah. wheelie chairs around the place. There's like, <laughs> like Bruiser like Brody or someone. Yeah. And then like this, he was excellent last night. And then maybe in the singles with Brock, it wasn't as good when there was like less and there was less it's, people it's, involved it's because again it's, it's similar as, as we were saying to the benefit of Lars Sullivan taking a bit of a beating and then doing his big moves if there's a multi-man you can legitimately have a load of people pile on him to yeah, give him true. a beating and then him come back and be this this dominant beast rather than just he's either got to be this dominant beast or you've got to reveal he is actually beatable because yeah. one man right? has beaten him because yeah. oh. they got the five of them to super, superplex him yeah. to yeah. the table yeah. and did a cool thing of doing that after 
Rude and Nakamura had been yeah. eliminated, 100%. so they cheated. Yeah, because two guys who shouldn't have been involved in it. Yeah, yeah, came out to to do, so so. Not only did it take five of them, it also took them cheating. Yeah, to take him out because yeah. they had to bring back two guys who'd already been eliminated. I, I wish I'd come up with a different trio now from the War Games question earlier on. Uh, a trio of Braun Strowman, Lars Sullivan, and Volta. <laughs> <laughs> Big lads, terrifying oh. big lads you, incorporated. You mean you mean the winning team? <laughs> <laughs> or if it's a Survivor Series team, add Brock Lesnar. Yeah, to add it. Brock. Yeah, um, um, and Coco Beware. Couple yeah, of favourite moments from this match for me: both the tangible, obvious visual excitement. Hang on, that sounded wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> the obvious excitement of both Nakamura and Rude to be getting into a Survivor Series elimination match. Yeah, in the WWE with Triple H on the other side of the ring. That was yeah. the yeah. It that was, was thing. So and when I heard that Triple H had been added to it, I was like, all right, cool. That had some star power. I wasn't overly excited. <coughs> Literally, just him stepping in against Nakamura, I was so excited. And then ex- exactly the same with Root. And then putting over the whole the reason Nakamura is here is Triple it's H. Triple H brought him here and again you'd never thought of that yeah. that match ever happening and them just being in there. And Nakamura in this I thought was fantastic. He's one that I've felt since his move up it seems to have, it feels like he's lost a lot of heat. There's not been his matches have been cool but he's not had those wow this is stealing the show and in this everything he he, he really benefited from the the just coming in and doing your big moments and looking great but also as well with Nakamura Nakamura was so hot in NXT because most people who watch NXT know what New Japan is yeah yeah. not everybody who watches Raw or Smackdown mm. knows anything about New Japan yeah, so yeah. he's had to start again it's just tough because when he came over they went that nuts for his music do you know what I mean it yeah. felt like he got the introduction he needed and then it's been a little bit oh, I mean that's cool. it their business model pretty much now is right you bring a hot talent from the independence of Japan or something like that and you put them in front of a small audience of people yep. who all know who they are yep. so present them as a megastar yeah. and the millions of people who have your network then accept them as a megastar even though they've never actually seen the historical yep. back catalogue yep. which means they are a megastar mm. so when they show up on your main product you're like okay cool <coughs> that guy's a megastar, that guy's yeah, a megastar yeah, yeah. because the the, the thousand people or however many people it is in full sale all portray him as a megastar yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go yeah, so they tiny. they all portray him as a megastar so he must be a megastar because it's not 400 people obviously in, in full sale it's the millions of people that watch it on the network watch it's interesting that the next uh, the, the first set of NXT TV tapings in the new year are not being filmed at full sale they're being filmed at centre stage which is where they used to film WCW WC Saturday yeah. night in yeah. Atlanta Oh really? Um, yeah. So I think that's they interesting. Do, is that where they do Ring of Honor as well in Atlanta? No. Ring is that Honor's, a bigger? Ring of Honor's northeast based. Is that a bigger hall? But when the Ring of Honor do Atlanta, they do do tapings in Atlanta. That, that, I couldn't tell you, mate. It's uh, it's um it's slightly bigger. It's still a TV studio. Oh. So it's but it's not it's not massive. But it I think I don't know whether that's a conscious decision because it's the same crowd watching. It all the time at the yeah. TV tapings at Full Sail, and whether it's to to try and see if they can generate a different different atmosphere or whatever, yeah. or maybe it's the model to start taking the TV tapings on the road. Maybe so who knows? That, if it is that same room that Ring of Honor use, and I'm, I'm in no way saying that it is, but if it is, it's a theatre setup, right? Like Bristol Academy. It's not that then. Okay. Um, uh, 
because I remember watching WCW Saturday night, so that's why I don't think it's there. Okay. Someone will tell us anyway, because that's how it works. Um, right, let's wrap things up. Let's plug some things. Uh, Mr. Eddie Dennis, what oh. would you like to plug? Go blame me. As, um, a full, as a now full time professional wrestler, let would me you like get to get my book out? <laughs> um, uh, my Twitter at Eddie Dennis nineteen eighty six. Please add me because if I get loads of followers on Twitter, maybe WWE will want to sign me because I'll have loads of followers. I think that's how it works. <laughs> have you been signed by WWE yet? Yep. No, no. No, I just ghost right. <laughs> Is that commission based? Because I would be interested in that job as well. <laughs> uh, my big cartel, uh, www.bigcartel.com forward slash Eddie Dennis. I think. No, I may have got that Eddie wrong. Dennis dot big cartel. Dot com. There you go. Good job, John Riley's here. Um, yeah, so uh, please go on there and buy my t shirts because that pays my mortgage um, and my cat's food and my cat's insurance pets are expensive mm-hmm. so if you could buy some t-shirts that'll be good um, is your pet insurance more expensive because you work in entertainment like my car insurance uh, <laughs> only if he's riding his cat to work <laughs> no so yes they didn't actually they didn't ask for my occupation with my pet insurance no. interestingly probably, probably did, relevant surely <laughs> if your, your occupation's your vet your pet insurance goes down significantly yeah. they did ask his cat's occupation <laughs> yeah Hobbies, cats yeah. are writer. I'm yeah, employed. Yeah. Um, oh, that's oh, and defendingthewrestling.com, which is a clothing brand which myself, Mark Andrews, and Pete Dunn founded. Um, and we still run as just uh, a trio. So please pop on there and buy some wonderful garments, one of which I'm wearing. At it's an, it's the an present audio. time. It's an audio medium. I know, but I'd like people to know that I'm ready to close them. Eddie Dennis wears a peach-coloured Defending the Wrestling T-shirt. Which looks like it's printed on a soft fill t shirt. There you go. That's like the audio description that Thanks. you get on SOC later tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. That's good plugs for me. Thank you. Good. Um, Brilo. Hi. Plug some stuff. Don't uh, plug your own Twitter because I know that you, you very rarely don't, tweet. No, no, plug that. It's fine. No, don't have me. Um, Progress Wrestling. I'll do it instead of you this week. Yeah, thanks, mate. It saves me a job. Progress Wrestling. We uh, we are doing three days at Alexandra Palace. First bank holiday weekend of May next year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shit. Probably. Put Did that I in. not mention it? No, I should probably put that in my diary. Tickets go on sale next Monday, 27th of November at 12 o'clock. Uh, we are doing the SSE Arena Wembley. Cheers, sponsors. Um, <laughs> Wembley. Next September, 30th of September next year, 2018. Uh, tickets are on sale for that. You can only get regular priced seats now, and there's not that many of them left. <laughs> um, if, if, if they How were, stupid is this? It's brilliant. This is me just genuinely asking as a fan. If they were to s- sell out, can they open up more seating for yes. you of the regular? So, yes. so the, the, the expensive ones, essentially, you can't add more because that's... That's, that's there, that. but they they can potentially if it sells out. Add yeah, more, if, so. we, if we sell to the the uh, the capacity that we set up for the initial uh, capacity, initial mm. allocation. Thank you. you go, initial mate. allocation. Uh, then yeah, we can open up block by block. It's it's why I would urge people to buy it early because yeah. I just love the idea of opening more up and more selling just because of because if you're the, wa- if you're the waiting thing until progress is all the chance, all the singing, and I know if you're sat in the rafters, it's not going to be as personal as the ballroom or whatever, but the the vol- imagining the volume of some of the singing for particular wrestlers and things or the reaction is well, just yeah. well, we went to takeover oh, there when when they did the London takeover and the atmosphere was ridiculous 
um, and uh, my my role my role as chief cheerleader is to make the atmosphere even better yeah. for Wembley. There might not be as many people there, but it's that's my goal. And it's a, you know it's a great venue. Even if you're you're you've got a ticket for the seats that are up on the on the the raised like the raised areas, um, they're not that far from the ring. It's no. really good. Overages everywhere. I watch. I've watched a lot of, of of mixed martial arts there with the the Bama stuff and yeah. the Bellator stuff. They do. You're normally at the front, though, aren't you? Though for that, because you are famous as fuck. Yeah, yeah. So, so I get there, but <laughs> sometimes I'll have a stroll about and and, and just, just just let people get see in your touch face with the, the normal people. Um, there it is, normal people again. Yeah, um, but yeah, it is. It's yeah, it's a really good. Arena for that. It's, it's why when that was announced at Ali Pali, I was like, oh, that's a great spot for it because yeah. it's just it is one that it doesn't. It, there are some venues, particularly mixed martial arts, more so in fact, that I'd rather watch at home. Right. Just because it's so particularly with the ground stuff. As soon as you're not, if you're not famous as fuck, then you can't. Then you can't. You can't <laughs> not really you know see anything about that. Fun, but yeah. But no, yeah. no, you're absolutely right. It's um even if you've got uh, as I say, if you've got tickets that are on the the balcony not balcony yeah the raised raised yeah. tiered bits yeah you're not that far from the ring you're certainly no further yeah. from the ring than you would be for the 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 uh the fourth tier of seats at Ali Pali. yeah where do people get tickets from john uh for uh wembley go basically go to the show dates page on progresswrestling.com good i haven't mentioned hold on <coughs> you've got a cough i have mentioned that and frankly if the listeners haven't worked that out by now uh, they're not listening hard S- enough. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. <laughs> Should have mentioned this two and a half hours ago. Uh, we go to New Orleans in April. Yeah, we are. That's part of WrestleMania weekend. Sixth and seventh. Twelve noon each day. Noon. noon. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, our friends at WWN are hosting us again, and they tell us that tickets are shifting quick. Yeah, I tried. We are the hot ticket in that venue. Yeah, we got told yeah. that, which is quite nice. It's nice to be a hot ticket. Yeah. I've never been a hot ticket before. You're a hot ticket. I am. You are such a hot, hot ticket. Hot tamale. Um, Your mum's a hot ticket. <laughs> Scroobius Pit. Oh, you're a hot ticket. The Leicester Comedy Festival in the, yeah. in the new year. I am. We sold it out. It sold out before they officially went on sale, yeah, pretty, pretty much. much right? yeah. <laughs> Can I plug one more thing? Yeah. Uh, Black Friday sale on progresswrestling.com all this weekend. Between 10 and 70% off everything. Wow, seventy percent. That's a good. As a mathematician, I can confirm that's a good saving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of someone sitting there going, 10 and seventy. But what's good? Oh, a mathematician's top. Good. I'm on board. I'm on board. Could you just tell everyone that the ten percent is also a good saving? Also, a reasonable <laughs> saving. The kind of thing that you would expect in Debenhams. <laughs> yeah. so doing, bet- doing your Blue Cross sale but, so uh, between 10 and 70% off every item of merch on the store and we ship worldwide you don't get money off the shipping terms good. and conditions apply <laughs> your mortgage may be right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never got to do that in all the voiceover I've done I've never got to do the really talking fast at the end of an advert thing makes me sad um, Pip what do you want to plug? I would like to plug only two things one is if anyone hasn't already checked it out watch all of Eddie's recent promos because I think all the YouTube stuff that you've been doing is fantastic from when you did the big one that went crazy of you quitting your full time job as a teacher to everything since then the Mark Andrews stuff is wonderful the back and forth I thought Mark's one was great was greatly understated in in your the intensity and anger of yours and the kind of what's going on of his so I recommend checking all all of them out to show that you don't have to have a weekly or two weekly, t- three weekly TV shows mm. 
to tell stories. So that, and the other thing I'd like to promote, which I don't think I've announced properly yet, but in mm-hmm. December, end of December, there's going to be um, on my podcast, the Distraction Pieces podcast, a network drunk cast featuring, <laughs> yeah, there is. featuring everyone on the network, including Jim Smallman. Now, you may be aware this, that this Jim Smallman is straight edge. Mm. So, to, straight edge. so no, 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 to, we've got a better plan. To drink on his behalf will be Jimmy Havoc. Um, <laughs> as, as, stunt drinker. <laughs> as Jim's stunt drinker on the drunk cast. So. But are you allowed to talk? Or are you yeah, just going to whisper into his ear? That'd be great. It's translator as well. But yes, so it's going to be Dr. Susie Gage who's going to be hopefully bringing a, a breathalyzer and definitely doing some, some cognitive testing um, as the drinking goes on. I'm sure you were about to say, definitely doing some shots. No, no <laughs> and probably doing some shots as well. Um, J- Jason Reed, who does um, the Stop and Search podcast, who he's also not going to be drinking, which means it's on all of us to drink more. But I think Jimmy, as a substitute drinker for two people, is wildly qualified. Yes. Um, there 100%. will be Jimmy and there will be. A Christmas Jew from the original Drunk Casts and from Hardcore Listening and myself. So, yeah. We don't know how many episodes it'll be because it's always a case of we start it and see how drunk we get and how long it goes. But I'm reckoning at least three and we'll see. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm hugely excited. About it. Like, I, like, we've got a little network a group message and when I came up with the idea of Jimmy being there to drink on behalf of Jim, I was just hugely excited because that's the fact that we were both hassling him yesterday for what date he could actually do it yeah. whilst he was trying to work out a very complicated match for ICW yeah so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh, going, of course come on, yeah, I didn't come even on. think about the timing of that <laughs> I messaged him and went Jeez. sorry for being bothering you man I'm not bothered it's well fun yeah yeah. so um, yeah so, so yeah we've stunt drinker Jimmy finally nailed a date think, for it I think it. you should whisper into his ear and he has to relay what you're saying <laughs> yes, oh, imagine that be a lot more yeah. swearing than normal um, it's going to be special but that's how we're ending the year I kind of always end the year with the drunk casts so that we can record a load and put them out so that I never uh, miss a week because mm. um, it's weird that I've been going three years now and not miss a week so that's our kind of get out clause is we record four or five episodes of drunkness Jesus. just so I can have Christmas off how long um, does it take you to recover from that? Um, I don't get hangovers which everyone is furious about you but don't the, drink loads either do you? I don't you I only, only drink, drink on the drunk cast <laughs> and at my club night but l- l- last year we had the guests were Ramesh Ranganathan and Brett Goldstein right. and within the first three and a half hours I think it was Ramesh finished a whole bottle of crack and rum and at about four hours in he joked good luck whoever's got to edit this at which point I revealed to him that we don't edit them they go out and he had a breakdown on air basically saying <laughs> what you're going to ruin my career he's like so no one's so everything I've said whilst hammered on rum is going I was like yes that's 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 how this works we don't edit them it all goes out and it's filthy horrific glory I'm not I'm not really straight edge I've just been saying this for a long time in the bid that when this podcast started on the Distraction Pixels Network I might be asked to do one of these and therefore if I said I was straight edge I'd never be asked to get drunk and therefore libel myself yeah that's all um, the cover up the, the last a drunk cast we did Chris um, had just done uh, a 10 day fast um, so he hadn't eaten for 10 days and he'd just oh, started he'd come oh. come back into it and just started but it meant again just G- g- go back and listen to that because there's a I, I managed to put together a hilarious uh, a little video because we normally do a Facebook live just before and a Facebook live after and the Facebook live just before I said to Chris is there anything people look forward to and his last comment was well um, of course I've just done a fast so I've not drunk or eaten so I don't know how this is is going to go um, and then I cut to the Facebook live video after where Chris was in my studio 
uh, where we were recording it in a riot helmet I've got dancing to music that I was playing on my decks he then tried to do the worm smashed <laughs> over a bucket of ice and just poured water everywhere and it was just the, the beautiful juxtaposition of oh actually I've done a fast so I don't know how this is going to go and then him just <laughs> drunk in a riot helmet tr- trashing my studio so yeah Oh, Fun will be had. It is, I'm very excited about this. Um, <laughs> my plugs, jimsmormon.com slash TNJ is where you point people uh, to recommend them for this podcast, tell them how to subscribe, all that sort of jazz, uh, rate and review and all that normal stuff you do with podcasts in order to help this their podcast out. Um, the last few weeks I've been plugging um, my Leicester Comedy Festival show, which is I'm Sorry I Love You, A History of Professional Wrestling. Um, but I've sold it out, so... Now, um, and again, read between the lines, you probably know why I'm doing this show, um, but I'm not allowed to say why. Is it money? Uh, um, it is mainly money, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, they're, they're looking more likely like I might be doing a tour later in 2018. So if you've missed out, if you're, one of the, if you're not one of the 100 people who've got a ticket for it in Leicester in February, then um, I'll probably be touring it around the UK in a limited way in 2018. So uh, thank you if you have bought a ticket. Thank you if you've just retweeted it or helped me get support for it. So I appreciate that. Um, and uh, there's still some T-shirts left. Uh, Jimsmore.com slash TNJ if you want to buy a T-shirt. Um, I'm not having a Black Friday sale because um, I've not thought about it. And I've not got that many left. So if you want one of them, get one of them. Uh, but if you it. do want a Black Friday sale, come to ProgressWrestling.com. I mean, yeah. I mean, technically, I suppose I do eventually end up with the money. No. Just less of it. A lot less. <laughs> um, so, anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, we're back with more Tuesday night, Joe, next week. Thank you again to my guests, and we'll see you soon. Cheers. Bye. Cheerio. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.